0: Hello, and welcome to season two of Crooked Crime Sisters podcast. My name is Taylor, and I'm one of your hosts, along with my sister, Tristan. Hello. That's what you're giving them? Very official. Hello. Hello. If today is your first day with us, then hi, welcome to the show. But if you're not new and you spent the last, oh, I don't know, like eight to ten weeks wondering what on earth happened and why we haven't posted a new episode in so long, well... Let me just say, I need to make an official apology. I'm sorry we took an unannounced break, but we're back. So moving on.
1: All right. Well, I was just gonna say, like we're just mysterious people. I was gonna say women of the night, but we are not women of the night. I'm sorry, <laughs> no. that's not a good We're definitely phrase. not we're right. of the night. <laughs> women in the shadows. I, I don't think that's a good yeah, one either. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway but yeah we're just mysterious and we're back and it was unintentional but like whatever and it happened and now we're here i mean can you be surprised are we surprised no like come on people like get it together it was the holidays it was the holidays
0: in our defense it was the holidays. You guys really
1: expect us to release an episode every single week for the whole entire year like you really think that we're on top of it and we have things just cataloged no I've never committed to anything in my life like that, yeah, sorry. so, no, never.
0: But anyways, we're here. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. We're moving forward, and today is a great day. The sun is shining, and I just ate at a really good restaurant that Tristan and I used to go to when we were kids and had a really great memory, giggled my pants off, and yeah. Traumatic. It was very You're traumatic for that. my sister. It was hilarious for me at the time. Uh, whatever. Um, okay. So is it Winter Olympics time? Which honestly, it's actually kind of funny because while I was at the restaurant, this really good Mexican restaurant in town, um, they were playing the Winter Olympics ice skating pairs. How?
1: I don't know. It hasn't started. It hasn't started yet. What? The Winter Olympics officially starts like February fourth or something.
0: Oh like well, that. then what was I watching? Maybe it was like the trials. Oh, maybe it was like nationals
1: nationals whatever yeah maybe you have to like compete to get on the team i don't know how Olympics work but i do so
0: we were sitting there and i was positioned perfectly to watch the ice skating skate spectacular and madison and i were very critiqueful in the what was going on it was great uh does is anyone a fan of like the winter olympics like not to be like rude or anything but like for real
1: you know i'm not sure because last year i did find a very very new enjoyment in the olympics oh, you did the summer olympics well you know when you know when i'd come over to your house all the time and mom was there and i'd come over at like 5 a.m mm-hmm. um we'd watch the olympics because the olympics was like i don't know where even where it was where was it i have no idea somewhere across the world so like they you know like They'd be showing like live updates at like three in the morning. Oh. So yeah. we yeah. weird. weird. Watch the Olympics, really great. Watch the diving, all the cool stuff. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So I'm actually pretty excited for the Winter Olympics. And it's in Beijing, I know that. So I can't wait for the 2 a.m. update. the <laughs> just got gold and snowboarding. Go ask. Woo, woo. I mean, you know I, mean? So. I don't know. Like, I'm not
0: a huge Olympic fan. Like, I'm not against it whatsoever. Like, I'll watch it. But I'm also not, like, a huge gigantic sports nerd either. So I couldn't tell you, like, what goes down with, like, all the Winter Olympics, honestly, or even the Summer Olympics. Like, I know, I know some sports that participate in the Olympics, but I couldn't tell you all of them. I mean, especially for winter. I know they do like snowboarding and like ice skating. And I feel like outside of that, like what sports are involved with the Olympics? Tristan, do you know? Also, also just a fun little test. Can you name like five winter Olympians? Because the only person that literally comes to my mind is Sean White. And the only reason he comes to my mind is because he's on every stinking freaking commercial. So, dear sister, would you please shed some light on what you know?
1: Okay, so I just have to say first off, I'm disappointed. Why? There's two words. A great movie.
0: That's three words.
1: Cool. <laughs> I- no, 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 no. It was like a comment, not the two words. The two words is cool running. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about cool runnings. Senka. <laughs> I about <laughs> Yeah. Like,
0: true, true, true.
1: That's the number one thing that comes on my mind when I think of Winter Olympics. Like, forget Sean White. See, so yeah, t- the Tony Hawk of snowboarding. Who needs it? You're old now, probably. <laughs> I don't know yeah, how I old mean. he is, like, but yeah. I have no idea either. He's, like, probably, like, 29, but you're old. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, I know Chloe Kim. She is a snowboarder, and she's, like, on my TikTok. I see her on TikTok, so, yeah. Um. And I know Michelle Kwan. Oh, yeah, Michelle Kwan. She's Juan. a figure skater. Yeah. I was like, I remember reading about her in my elementary textbook. Like, she's stuck in my mind. Yeah. I don't know what Michelle's doing nowadays, but probably great things. Yeah, I actually did look her up because she
0: is part of this story, but not part of the story. Like, like she was around and she was, like, skating at the time when our case, like, takes place and stuff like that. She was a teenager. She was really young. But, yeah, she's actually, like, very political now. Like, super political. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And... She actually just had a baby like on the 5th, like her first child. She just had a baby. So congrats to Michelle Kwan. By the way, Sean White is 35. So just throwing that out there because I needed to know. But it's funny that you mentioned Tony Hawk because Google suggested it's like people also search for Tony Hawk. And I'm like, oh, okay. Tony Hawk and Sean White are synonymous, I guess.
1: They're connected. Makes sense to me. Yeah. But also Sean White is dating Nina Dobrev. Dobrev or whatever. Yeah. Dobrev. I don't know how to say your last name. Um, which is the vampire diaries girl yeah. that looks just like Victoria Justice. Yes, she does. So, I mean, I think I am a winter Olympic expert. Oh, just those facts <laughs> right there. cool runnings.
0: You knew about bobsledding. You mentioned who Sean White is currently dating and who his current date looks like. So congrats to that. Anyways. So I know I mentioned it once before and, um, in a previously recorded unreleased episode <laughs> that we will be releasing soon but we um we actually brought up the fact that we try when it makes sense and when it happens to possibly like line up like the cases with like the time that things happened with the time in which like the date so like if some, if a case happened in January we like to cover it in January yeah makes sense if it happened in christmas we're not going to do it in july we're going to try to do it around christmas time
1: Christmas in July. I don't see a problem yeah. with that. Rudolph said
0: it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, today we are talking about a case that happened just before the Winter Olympics. And we're actually recording this, obviously, just before the Winter Olympics. I think by the time this comes out, the Olympics will have already started, but whatever. So let's hope. <laughs> we are going to be focused in the 90s. What a great era. And, uh, The Winter Olympics in 1994 is when um, this crime took place, but before we get way too ahead of ourselves, let me first give you my sick intro. We are sisters from the Pacific Northwest, and every Thursday, we're here to give you the details of a crime that you may already know and discuss our thoughts and opinions. Like you, we are completely obsessed with true crime, but not in a morbid way. And we, too, realize that many criminals find the Pacific Northwest is the perfect place to make their twisted fantasies a reality. We are not professionals by any
1: means, but rather crime enthusiasts who like to talk. So with that, let's get started. All right. Disclaimer. Today's case contains... Examples of abuse, of mental, verbal, and physical, and then attack on an innocent athlete. Yes,
0: and if you don't already know by the title, and if you don't already know by the attack on an innocent athlete, um, as I said, we're going to be talking about the Winter Olympics, and you cannot, you cannot bring up the Winter Olympics without discussing the life and the scandals of Miss
1: Tonya Harding. Okay, before we officially begin, I do want to have another disclaimer. Okay. I didn't really read, like, all the way through this whole case, because, like, who does that? I don't know Tanya Harding's actual background. I don't care. Well, I do care, because this is my podcast. I care somewhat. But I kind of am, like, I'm not I'm not head of the fan club. Not at all. But I am a member of Tanya Harding should be on Criminal Watch. Criminal Watch? Yeah. <laughs> I just think she has been not to give it away. I just don't know why that ma'am is allowed on national TV.
0: Okay, so Um. it's, I will say that I thought I was pretty biased in my opinion before I started this uh, research for the case. But as I have been working through it, I don't know, it kind of, it kind of grew on me a little bit. And so I think let's wait until you hear all the details of everything, because I promise you, I watched every news clipping of her. I watched all the, I watched the ESPN 30 for 30. I watched I, I watched all of the things that had to do with her. She's had multiple like biography videos or like, you know, videos about her life type thing. I watched so much stuff. I consumed so much Tanya Harding that I feel like I could probably write a book on her life right now. And I read the books that were on her life. So it's just, it's it's one of those things where I, I don't know.
1: It's like Kurt Cobain. Well, I just want to state... I just want to state my opinion before we start because I already have naughty comments in my head. So like oh, This will be fun then. Maybe I will sing a different tune later, maybe. but Tanya Harding, she's not on my top of my list of people I would save if they fell. Interesting. scene. The... <laughs> interesting. Not like not like saying like they're dying, but like I won't know if I'd help her back up if she tripped <laughs> Okay. She can get back up by herself. Okay. So that's my. Opinion. yeah, and
0: I mean, it's kind of interesting because she does remind me a lot of Courtney Love, honestly, in the way that she Great. presents herself. And so it's just one of those things where we'll 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 talk about it a lot and then we'll have to, yeah, make our opinions or make our decisions on our opinions of everything at the end. So, anyways, uh, for those of you who looked at this episode title and were like, Oh my gosh who's tanya harding because believe me there are people out there who are like who's tanya harding to which i want to be like a are you under the age of 20 like i mean she's not tiktok relevant (laughs) i'll tell you that b you lived under a rock your entire life because i promise you if you lived in the 80s and 90s to any capacity even as a child like you knew who tanya harding was you just know especially if you grew up in oregon and washington you just know who she is um but also i mean what 2017 was five years ago and she had a biopic movie come out with margot robbie and it was a really big deal so like anyways again i would find it insanely slim for you to not know who tanya harding is but if you don't know who tanya harding is welcome to today's case now you're gonna know everything it's gonna be great so, to give her some positive notoriety, Tanya Harding was a competitive figure ice skater. Um, she was born in Portland, Oregon, and she actually grew up practicing at the Clackamas Town Center ice skating rink when they did have an ice skating rink. And uh, she also would uh, skate at Lloyd Center, too, which, unfortunately, Rich. both Lloyd Center and Clackamas got rid of their ice skating rinks in the early 2000s. So,
1: Well, and Lloyd Center's, like, deceased. It's on, it's on step. Yeah, I mean,
0: it kind of is. Clackamas, I think, is still doing pretty well, but they took uh, the ice skating rink, I think I found it in, like, 2007, they took it out, so long gone, but um, I'm pretty sure mom did say that she used to take me sometimes to watch Tanya skate when I was little, because I was really little. Again.
1: She never told me. She never did that with me. Okay. But you weren't alive. Like Tanya wasn't skating
0: when you were born. But anyways, so either way, she was a super big deal. And um, she was actually the first American woman to land a triple axel. Now a triple axel is this really like complicated um, trick that you can do in skating. I don't know if trick is the right word or whatever. Like, it's a move. I don't know, whatever. But, um, for those of you who know nothing about figure skating and I am only a new expert because of all of the research that I did, but it, you didn't watch Ice Princess. I did not watch Ice Princess with <laughs> Michelle Trackbird. but I know, I know that movie. I didn't watch it. That's all I know about. Figure <laughs> well, I mean, like I didn't watch it recently. Have I seen that movie? Yes. But that movie came out so long ago. So, um, <laughs> it's a really, really big deal. Women typically don't even try to attempt it because it's so difficult and basically it's like you have to start on one foot and you go up into the air and you spin around three and a half times and then you land on one foot and I think they said in multiple different documentaries about how like the amount of like pressure the weight of the pressure when you land is like 450 pounds or something like that so it's like super difficult super hard Not that many people even attempt it. And to this day, I think Tanya's still the only woman in America to have done it in competition. Like, she
1: holds that title or whatever. I can think of other things that Tanya's the only (laughs) woman in America that's done.
0: But also, um, I think there's 15 people who have attempted it since and um, around the world. So, anyways, super difficult thing. And Tanya did it. That's what she was originally first known for was that. So, for her to be the first American in the Olympics to do this, it was a pretty big deal. Um, Now, as we will learn, oh, so very shortly, uh, Tanya wasn't really like most figure skaters, like, in any way. However, she was extremely athletic. She had the ability to jump while skating better than pretty much anybody in her time, like, So the girls competing with her at the time couldn't jump like as high as she could with as much skill as she could. I don't know. However, the scandal that happened right before the 1994 Olympics will always, always, always overshadow her abilities and her talent, which is kind of sad. Tristan has no sympathy, but it's
1: kind of sad. I was about to say, I'm, yeah.
0: (laughs) No comment. So. What happened just before the Olympics, you ask? Well, here is where our story climaxes. I mean, I can't say it's where it started. And this incident certainly isn't where it ended. It's just kind of like the peak. And it is forever known as the, quote, whack heard round the world, end quote,
1: Um, for the record. I've never heard of it referenced.
0: Really, you haven't. I could see it. Oh well, when you Google it like that, it's people mentioned it in all the documentaries. And like, I did not give it that official title. I did not say that whatsoever. Um. So why is Tanya famous outside of figure skating? Well, hmm, let me tell you.
1: She was on Worst Cooks of America. She won Worst Cooks
0: of America. Did she win? Oh my gosh! America. We'll talk about that later, Tristan. Shh.
1: i I hate i hate i
0: hate so tanya was part of a sporting scandal and i love this i i sincerely love this because i pulled it right from an article that was like um archived back from when it happened um while i was doing research and i laughed so hard uh because it had two references that we use on this pod frequently and i quote it was 1994 forrest gump broke box office records Michael Jackson married Lisa Marie Presley. And O.J. Simpson led police on the most watched car chase in history. End quote. To which I gotta say, force Gump still hits today, no matter what Tristan says. I love me some MJ. And O.J., like, need we say more? Like, this was just, I don't know. A little context, uh, the O.J. situation happened after this. So, um, it sounds to me like uh, 94 was a riot uh yeah lots of things going
1: on forrest gump could
0: forrest gump is still one of the greatest movies no matter what people say and uh the whole situation with oj
1: that was like scandal and a half
0: plus this happened i do wish
1: i do wish like okay maybe watching I, i would say if i had a time machine that might be like my 32nd pick place to go is like go somewhere at that time period just to watch oj on tv <laughs> right
0: like iconic,
1: you know what i mean to watch that like charge would like, you have been one be of the sitting people sitting in a cafe like running out into watching the street the car... no what the heck no i want to be like sitting at some random cafe and like but like a pretty busy one with like a bunch of other people and we're just like sitting there watching it be like oh my gosh what is what is going on screen? yeah that that sounds like honestly like a really great time yeah which,
0: by the way, for those of you who didn't know, OJ got out, and he's officially not in prison anymore, and...
1: Like, six years ago. No.
0: Like, a few months ago.
1: I thought he was out. I thought he was, like, in Vegas, like, two years ago, partying up. Wait, hold on. Was he on parole? Maybe he's, like, just on parole. Maybe he's, like, officially, officially out. I don't oh, know. Oh, just kidding. I he
0: was released in 2017.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Five years ago. Oh no,
0: th- that's what you you were right. Um, O.J. granted early release from parole in December, so okay, so so there anyway. it wasn't I wasn't too far off. So, anyways. Back to Tanya Harding. So it's January 6th of 1994, and Nancy Kerrigan, who was a U.S. figure skater, was practicing her routines in Detroit, Michigan, where later on a competition would take place in the figure skating championships. So this was like a national competition, um, and the two top spots from that championship would make the Winter Olympic team a few months later. So this was like a huge deal. So, for any athlete to be on an Olympic team, it's such an honor. It's, like, high prestige. Like, you're representing the United States of America. So, basically, this was a huge deal. It super mattered, yada, yada. Nancy's on the ice, and um, there's plenty of media everywhere watching her practice. Like, media shows up. they, They got the cameras rolling or whatever, and it shows her finishing off her little thing. She comes off. Someone's like, oh, how'd it go? She's like, oh, yeah, it's fine, whatever. She puts on her little caps to her ice skating um her skates and she leaves the rinks only to have like the cameras kind of like it even shows the camera like falling like coming down like whoever had it on their shoulder you know like put it down and it goes off um she ends up passing behind this like super thin curtain which is like a hallway leading to like the locker rooms and such that's when a loud crack whack, whatever you want to call it, is heard and instant screams come from Nancy Kerrigan and she's now lying on the floor screaming, why? 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 And I wish, I wish I had the nerdy ability to like add the sound clip because her, if you just heard the sound that she was making, like it sounds super painful, like sounds super bad. Um, It's like gut-wrenching. And she's screaming, why? And then, you know, of course, people are, like, swarming her. Cameras are back on. And she's a hysterical mess. People are like, what happened? Who hurt you? What was it? She's screaming. She's crying. She's like, I don't know, some hard plastic stick. At this point, there's a woman with a stethoscope next to her. So I'm assuming she's, like, a doctor. Who knows? Maybe she just had it in her pocket. I don't know. They start taking off Nancy's skates. And the next thing you know, her dad, like, picks her up. And they go off into, um, like, another room. So my first question is, Tristan, what do you think happened?
1: I already know what happened. Ugh,
0: you already know? Okay.
1: Are you serious? I can't be on Tanya Harding's hate club if I didn't know what happened. Well, okay. So then. Well, first off, I want to say. Okay. How old is Nancy Kerrigan at this point? Um, Because aren't they all like practical like teenagers?
0: I know that Tanya was 23.
1: Oh, I mean, she um.
0: So tw- Nancy would have been twenty-four.
1: Oh, really? She's a year older. Yeah. Maybe like twenty twenty-two. We're just like thriving because I know the U.S. figure skating team. I literally looked it up earlier. Like, has a sixteen-year-old on it. Oh yeah. I always thought Nancy was like ten, not ten. No, I mean I thought she was younger.
0: No, I know Tanya but was 23, so. and, yeah, Nancy was 24. So, I mean, but, okay, you have to remember, I will say this, like, these girls are, are like Olympic gymnasts. Like, they don't go to school. They're not, oh, they're no, like, no. they live and breathe a, their training. Like, that's all they do. So, even if she was 23, 24, you know, she might still be socially like a 16 17 year old time type thing i don't know
1: no i was just like because you're like she's screaming gut-wrenching screams and i was like well yeah if you think about it if it was like i don't know how to describe it
0: uh we'll take a second and look at it like watch the video of her screaming. now
1: I don't feel the need to watch a girl get beat. Well, you buy a baton. No, you don't. You don't like. It. You don't hear the whack. You just hear her crying. Well, I don't want to hear her crying either. I'm just saying. I, I thought it was like a 16 year old girl because, like, even if it wasn't that bad, like if it was a 16 year old girl, she'd be dramatic as. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, are you? I'm just saying. Do you think it was more she was scared? Because like, I don't surprised. So I mean. I had a feeling that you kind
0: of already knew what happened, which is totally fine. But I ask that because for some reason, and I don't know how I got to this place or where I heard it or what, but my knowledge was that someone attacked Nancy like with an actual skate and like ripped her open, like used the bottom of the skate to like hack her up or whatever on her leg. Like that's the story that I remember. So
1: what is like a story that I think that's a story that went through the media really fast. You know what I mean? Yeah, because
0: nobody really knew, like, and, and again, like, with the way that she's crying, I, if that had happened, that's the kind of sound that I would have expected yeah. to come out of her if she was, but in the, just for clarification, like, she, that's not actually what happened for a fact, like, she never, she was not cut open by any means, there was no blood, whatever. I mean, it was still bad, and she was attacked, and she was hurt, but it's not as gruesome, so. Um, what really happened is that while Nancy walked behind the curtain, there was actually a man back there waiting for her, and he bludgeoned her with a baton, like a police stick. Like This, of course, is extremely painful, and it went on to severely bruise her upper thigh and her knee, thus making her unable to participate in the national competition. And that, my friends, is where we're going to stop the party and we're going to rewind back to the start and connect all the dots as to how Miss Kerrigan's attack is connected to Miss Tanya Harding. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay. So, Tanya Harding was born November 12th in 1970. She was born to her mother and her mother's fourth husband. The Harding family was not a wealthy one, nor were they super loving or caring. And it kind of sucks because, like, I don't want to just take everybody's word for it. But unfortunately, it does seem that this family was, like, definitely not the Waltons at all. Uh, Tanya was the only child of her parents. However, um, in the book, uh, The Tanya Tapes, it said that her mother actually had four other children all before her and that two of them are since deceased. So, she apparently has two siblings out there somewhere, I believe. And her father, like, never had any other kids with anybody else. Like, Tanya's his only kid. Um, Her father struggled with work while her mom, to s- like, seemed to be the breadwinner, working nonstop as a waitress. Like, to which I can only imagine how hard that must have been financially and just the strain and the stress of, like, whatever. So.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> does seem sucky for sure. Like having one parent work constantly while the other one's yeah. trying to provide but can't seem to find work
0: um, yeah and they did say that like uh he probably had some like mental health issues but it it's not specific as to like what those were oh
1: yeah well i mean sorry the number one fact that stood out of that whole paragraph was uh tanya harding is a scorpio so do i need to say Which- more
0: I do not get into the shenanigans that are the signs, so Scorpio means nothing to me. I'm sorry.
1: Shenanigans, first off, and it's not shenanigans. I'm pretty sure witchcraft. (laughs) It's not witchcraft. (laughs) It's literally the stars, Taylor. It's paganism. Oh my god. Okay, whatever. Anyway, um, I'm pretty sure Scorpio is the number one astrology for like serial killers and psychopaths. Don't quote me on that, but yeah. It's between that and I think like Pisces, Aquarius, and Cancers. Hmm. Aren't you a Cancer? Oh, yeah, I am.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, um, coming from a not financially set family, the fact that Tanya actually became an ice skating champion was somewhat an anomaly because typically ice skating was like a sport that was reserved for like wealthy people. Just like skiing and snowboarding, like. I feel like all winter sports are expensive. But figure skaters are known as the Barbie dolls of sports, which obviously we have learned that's not the home in which Tanya was born into. And I'd say Tanya was more of like a Cabbage Patch baby. So at a very early age, Tanya was introduced to ice skating. She actually started at age three. I guess the the story goes that she was walking through the mall with her mom saw the ice and was like i want to go do that and then her mom was like okay put her out on the ice and she ended up being like ridiculously good at it um by age four she was competing and winning um competitions so her mom sought out the instruction of diane rawlinson i hope i'm saying that right and diane was a former champion who became a very prominent figure in tanya's life working with her for like 15 years. So that was like her first instructor, her first coach, and she basically led her into her career. Crazy. This whole story is crazy. Sorry. It is. It actually is. There's a lot to it. So as much as I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about Tanya's upbringing or her past, it's hard not to because, excuse me for lack of a better word, it was basically a train wreck. (laughs) From start to finish it's a train wreck so now because tanya became who she became there are movies about her like i said there's books there's even a freaking musical like there's two musicals actually and there's two people in uh new york who like made a museum in their home on tanya why
1: which i'm like
0: yeah (laughs) i asked that question too um but it's really hard Because, and this is something that we're just going to, like, repeat over and over again. What or how much of this is true slash real, you know? Because there's so much out there and so much that's said. But there's nothing that is 100% like, there's no, what is that word when you, like, back something up, you know? Proof, factual. Yeah, there's nothing, like. There's no proof of it. It's basically Tanya's word against everybody else's. Yeah. Like they all kind of complement each other sometimes, but a lot of times they contradict each other. So it's like, okay, Tanya, what actually happened in your life? What didn't happen in your life? Who's the liar here? Is it your family or the people who are around you? Or are you the liar? And obviously there has to be some sort of truth in between there. So I don't know. It's, it's really it's interesting. It's
1: really interesting. And I am just so many thoughts through my head. Keep on going. <laughs>
0: okay. So like I said, Tanya starts her ice skating career essentially at age four, which is pretty incredible. And it is said that she was an ice skating prodigy by age 10, which, I mean, when you start them that young, like you have that ability. And so they, it seems like they kind of like had this, I I thought an idea that she was going to just like fast track through and be an Olympian someday. And that's what her dream was. She wanted to be the number one ice skater in the world. That was like Tanya's words kind of thing. So her talent was unreal. But, like I said, she came from the wrong side of the tracks, and she seemed to always have an uphill battle from the time that she started because ice skating is very visual. Like, you need to have the looks, the grace, the costumes. Like, you have to have everything, and if you lack even a little bit in any of it, then you get the discredit for it. So that kind of sucks. Her mom made her own costumes, and they were not the same quality as the other girls, And it would show a lot of times. So Tanya is also uh, known, I feel like I've seen like four different interviews where she repeats the same story of how her mom made her wear her ice skating costume on picture day when she was in elementary school, like second or third grade or something like that, because she wanted those to be able to be used in the competitions. So, it was like, oh, you get your school pictures? Well, you're going to wear this outfit. And Tanya just talks about how mortifying it was and how she hated it and blah, blah, blah. She was extremely embarrassed of her home life. Um, And (laughs) I I thought this was great. She calls um, her family trailer trash. To which, whatever, if that's what you want to label yourself, go for it. And hilariously, I watched an actual interview with Tanya's mother in which this woman had a bird perched on her shoulder like a pirate and super classy. And she stated with all seriousness, like looking dead in the camera and was like, and I quote, we were not trailer trash. We had a beautiful new trailer, end quote. And I just think that's hilarious because it's like, lady, you need to just shh because you're not helping yourself. But her name was LaVonna and she went by the name of Sandy. And even to this day, she is quite the character. Like the last interview I think that I saw with her in it, she was literally wearing flowers in her hair. Like a, what's that, Tiger King girl? Oh,
1: a flower crown.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. What? Well, but what's that, Carol Baskin? What's her name? Carol Baskin. She was vibing with Carol Baskin, and I was just like, "Ma'am, what are you doing?" Okay.
1: I mean. I have some opinions. I'm not saying it's like the best opinions, but I'm like, Aw. Well please give me your opinions. I'd I'm love not to hear it to because like, I just talked a lot. Go against Tanya and her feelings and people who suffer certain traumatic experiences as a child.
0: I mean, I think we're yeah. all raised
1: differently. There's certain things, whatever, whatever. And I'm not talking like I'm talking about this this whole she had to wear her skating uniform to school pictures. Yeah,
0: well, and the way that she talks about it to me, it's just like, okay, sure, did that suck for you?
1: Probably, but is it that big of a deal? Does it need to define your childhood? I don't really think See, so. That's, that's <laughs> like, what I'm saying. Like, okay, sorry, like, levana Sandy, like, I was, she kind of a mastermind with that. That she's really killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> like that's smart. Who wouldn't do like, that, honestly? Um, and second, like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'll like out myself here. Um, what When I was like in kindergarten, I got a buzz cut because I got lice, like consistent. I have really thick hair. And my mom's, it was like getting to the point where like, we could not do anything. So she literally shaved my head In my kindergarten school picture, I have a buzz cut. And like, did it yes. ruin my life? I don't think so. I'm not going to cause that as the reason I'm going to commit crimes and do all this crazy stuff is because I have a buzz cut in my kindergarten elementary school yearbook. Like, stop. Like that's all I have to say. (laughs) You know what I mean? No. It's just one of those things. Like this is. I'm sorry. Like if it really hurt you, sorry, Tanya. But like I'm, I can't. I can't relate to this. Like my mom made me wear a nice sparkly dress that had sleeves on picture day like that's not the worst thing right because i feel
0: like some (laughs) girls would be like mom can i please wear my princess outfit and the mom's like heck no you're not and then you know that kind of thing which i'm i will say as a mom like i'm kind of slightly bummed and i still have one more child to go through like full elementary school Mm -hmm. and go through this phase but i never had any of my kids ask if they could wear a costume for picture day because I am that mom that I would totally let them do it.
1: Dude, I mean, I don't know why, Tanya, I wish she – maybe she should have just owned it. I mean, I mean, it's the 90s. It's a different time. But, like, I swear if a kid, like, if I was 10 years old and I was such a B, like, B.A. about figure skating, I'd be like, yeah, I showed up in my figure skating suit. Like, I'm the best. What do you expect? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like kids nowadays are just different. Their, their confidence are different. You know what I mean? But – I feel like a kid showing up to like school. They'd be like, "Yeah, I skate." <laughs> exactly. Let me sign your yearbook. But, I'm going to be in the Olympics.
0: <laughs> but she was really offended by it, really upset by it, Just, and and she, and I mean that's where it's. I'm not trying to not un, be unsympathetic, but that she talks about it in a lot of interviews sorry, about I have how no sympathy for that. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, she would be like, well, and because of that, you know, I didn't have any friends and nobody wanted to be friends with me because I was ugly and awkward. And it's like, okay, there are plenty of children out there who are awkward. awkward. (laughs) I don't want to say ugly because that's so rude. And like they find friends like you have to isolate yourself pretty dang hard to not have any friends because you can't tell me that you never had any friends. So that's where I just am wondering, like, is this, was this facts or you just kind An excuse. of- excuse. Yeah, you kind of like made that your story, but I don't know. We have a lot to talk about, so we can't even like sit here for that much longer. So um, along with the drama of being poor, Tanya says that she was severely abused in many ways, starting at around age six or seven. Most prominently, she claims that her mother verbally abused her, calling her fat, ugly, useless, to which Tanya says she then internalized and she believed, which, like I was saying, made her an outsider and an outcast in school. So she said because she was ugly and poor, no one would be friends with her, no one would talk to her, no one would sit with her on the bus, yada, yada. So she had no friends and lived this really sad life, and skating was like her only outlet. She also said that within her childhood, she moved over 13 times because her parents struggled to keep work. So skating was the only time that she actually remembered being happy. And I'm not saying that moving doesn't traumatize you in some sort of way because it does. And I know Tristan can attest to this, like my kids can attest to this. But at the same time, like Tanya, I don't believe you because my kids have been to, I think we said seven different schools since they've been in elementary school and my kids find friends the first day so well i I don't even
1: understand the whole 13 times like did you move down the street because you're always consistently practicing at lloyd center in clackamas you had to be in the area you did not drive Yeah, exactly i doubt your mom that works seven jobs as as a waitress drove you five hours to go skating every day
0: yeah so i'm sorry not that we're trying to pick apart Tanya's childhood (laughs) but but at the same time as kids who moved a lot or families who moved a lot like you can't say that that was the one thing that you know caused all of it because it's not it's just it's not but anyways um so her parents fought a lot but they actually stayed married until she was about 16 which does differ from the i tanya moving because movie because it shows um her dad leaving when she's like under the age of 10. but in reality um it seemed like her life was far worse than even the movie had depicted and it does show like there's one scene where little movie tanya sitting in a chair and her mom like kicks the chair and knocks her over or um Um, you know, talks about, like, the verbal abuse and the physical abuse and stuff like that, that her mom would beat her all the time kind of thing. And, again, this is Tanya's word against her mom's word. Her mom continually claims that, like, that stuff didn't happen. However, people did say that they would, like, notice her being very verbally abusive. And it's interesting because they do show it, um, I think, in the movie a little bit. And, like, a conversation between the two characters or whatever. But in her mom's head, and I'm not saying that this is right, in her mom's head, she said that if she belittled Tanya, she would skate better. So she did what she had to do in order to make sure that her daughter was the best. Like, to which... I'm not, again, not saying it's right, but I did think about you and like softball and how, but listen to me, like in softball, I remember if you were pitching and you started to like not do that great and you got pissed off, all of a sudden you were freaking firing those bad boys in there like 60 miles an hour. So it took you to get to that point of being angry before all of a sudden you could, you were flawless. But sometimes if you weren't in that like mood then it was kind of and I i am not saying that <laughs> that you need to belittle your children no, in order yeah, to no, make no. them play a sport a certain way but I think in her mother's head she felt like that's what she was doing like she was doing the right thing by treating her that way which again not okay not saying it's okay that's just the way her mother processed
1: it. No no that makes sense and yeah I'm not saying it's okay either but yet, to remember to this is the 90s, so the mom was probably what, raised in, like, the, s- well, the 80s, 80s when she was little. So the yeah, the was 80s and 90s, like yeah. Raised in, like, the 60s, 50s. Well, I don't know how this yeah. is. But that was the time, too, where you're, like, <laughs> if you ain't doing it right, you're getting slapped and you're going to do it again. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, she exactly. was probably, like, that's how she was raised. That's how she was – she just really thought, like, that was the way to do it. Yeah, I'm not saying that's the way to do it, but – But that's what happened with her. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Tanya also
0: says that at age five, she was sexually abused. And then again at age nine, but when she tried to share with her parents what had happened, they kind of like brushed her off and were like, whatever, that's not true. That would never happen. Cause it was with like a family friend or something like that, or somebody, a relative that they knew. Mm -hmm. So, um, She calls herself a tomboy and said that she loved ice skating but that she didn't like dolls and she spent the remaining time when she wasn't at the ice skating rink, she spent it with her dad, learning about cars and trucks and going hunting and like doing all of these things and she said that she had a really great relationship and loved her father but she had a very ugly and strained relationship with her mom but she ended up living with her mom primarily. Like
1: oh, when, the when her dad was yeah. around. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So when Tanya was 15, she ended up dropping out of high school and eventually got her GED. Um, it was before she really hit her fame. And I guess it was a an old friend that she used to ice skate with. Um, she became a student at Yale and she came back home to do a documentary on Tanya and it was called Sharp Edges. In this 57-minute film, it shows the the behind-the-scenes abuse that came from Lavanna, who admits that, yes, one time she did spank her with a hairbrush at a competition, but it was just that one and only time and that she's never been the monster that Tanya, Light portrays her to be. So, again, it's super hard to get validity in all of Tanya's claims and Lavanna's claims. Like, where's the truth? Um, And I feel like it's hard because if she's telling the truth... I doubt her mom's going to be like, oh, yeah, I used to verbally and mentally and emotionally abuse my daughter all the time. Like, she's not just going to come out and admit it. But at the same time, she um, does claim that Tanya has always had a wild and vivid imagination. And I can say, as a person who's worked with lots of children, like, you can get kids to say whatever you want without telling them what to say. You know, you can kind of like put thoughts in their head and stuff like that. And as a parent, I would hate if something didn't happen for my kid to run around and tell people like, oh, yeah, my mom
1: did this or my mom does that. And, you know, that would really suck. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't want to judge Tanya too early, even though I judge her every day of my life. Um, (laughs) You you give her that much time in your day. (laughs) But just, okay, I'm still stuck on that stupid, like, Oh figure skating dress at school. Like I feel like I'm not it 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 could go either both ways or it could be each way. Like it could either go one or two or it could be combined. Did her mom yeah. actually was that abusive? Maybe. Did Tanya exaggerate it in her head and like played the victim? Maybe. Oh yeah. Or That's super it could plausible. be both. Yeah. But I just I just feel like I don't know. Ever since she's giving me the vibes of like my mom yelled at me because I was supposed to get on state, or I had to be ready to go- leave for the ice rink in five minutes, and I wasn't. Or You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. Like, yeah, is that something – like, to Tanya, that could be something really hurtful, awful. I'm not trying to, like, say it's not, but, like, is it hurtful, awful to, like, someone else where, like, yeah, I'm going to scream at my kid we was supposed to leave 10 minutes ago. What the – what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So, Which, I don't
0: know. the girl – yeah, the girl who made the, the documentary or whatever, she's the friend that used to, like, ice skate with her, and she s- claims that she watched um, Lavana, Sandy, whatever her name is, like, hit Tanya with the hairbrush. Like, she watched it, so she saw it happen. Mm-hmm. And then it's also interesting because Diane is interviewed in this documentary, too, because at this point, she's been working with Tanya since she was, like, for, like, 10, 15 years now, right? and she states that and i quote ice skating is tanya's ticket out of the gutter end quote basically saying like with with her home life it is really as bad as it seems and that with the talent the like the talent that she has she has her way to win herself a better life and at one point um the woman making the video states that she had seen And she felt like she had enough information that she should have gone and reported Tanya and her mom to like DHS to been like, hey, child services, you need to come look at this. But that someone, and I don't remember who it was, uh, warned her away from doing such a thing because it would hinder Tanya's skating career. So they basically, like, had this information, had stuff. It could have been something that should have been looked into. But because they wanted the image of her skating thing, they were like, no, 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 don't do don't do do not that. Like, you'll totally mess up her skating life. And if she doesn't get out of this, like, she's never going to get out of it kind of thing. And it's really sad because you can tell, like, Diane – And um, Tanya's mom, like, didn't get along. I bet. (laughs) They didn't see eye to eye. And, you know, it was something where, like, Tanya's mom would go ahead and and be that parent on the sidelines, like, yelling things. Like, I'm the mom. I get to tell her what to do. Whereas, like, Diane's the coach. And she's like, but I know what I'm doing. Let me coach her. And you just shut your face and stay over there.
1: So it's one of those, like, awkward things. And I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting, though, that – People said that they had enough to report Tanya and her mom. Because, I mean, I guess we did not see the hairbrush, a spank with the hairbrush, but I I can't imagine.
0: And I think that that was like under, she had to have been like under age 10 when the hairbrush incident happened. Because okay, because it was like, it was she something was like her mom. No, it was like her mom was like trying to fix her hair and Tanya didn't want to sit still or something like that. And so her mom beat her with a hairbrush, to which. I mean, okay did he beat I her know.
1: or spank her that's a different
0: i that's what i mean and and levana says that too she's like i never beat my child did i spank my child absolutely but i never beat my child and and again this is 2022 now so there's people will put that one and the same. When they are
1: different, they'll still make it the same thing. When it's because I can, I can so, picture my mother today spanking me with a hairbrush if I did something bad. So, like <laughs> I just, you know, what I mean,
0: you refuse to let anybody brush your hair, Tristan. Like you touch the brush to your head and you'd start crying. Well, so like yeah.
1: we expect. So this yeah. probably happened to me. I am Tanya. Well, that's the movie. Wow. Anyway, I Tanya. <laughs> but yeah, the but then this is a whole different situation where you're saying people said that they had enough to go to DHS. Like that's not like. Oh, yeah. I was brushing her hair. She wouldn't stay still. So I spanked her in the butt and said, stay still. Like, that's way different than.
0: Well, and I don't know if there was any more physical abuse evidence that they had or if it was all just like verbal abuse because. Tanya's mom had no problem being who she was and you can see that with Tanya too like she was who she was and you weren't gonna tell her how to be any different because she wasn't gonna do it like her mom was the same exact way so I doubt it's like she would show up to these competitions and pretend like she was Susie Homemaker like sounds like she had her cigarettes and her brandy and her coffee in the morning and was hooting and hollering on the sidelines no matter what Hmm. yeah interesting so Sharp Edges comes out, and things really start to pick up for Tanya. She goes on to compete and win various competitions nationwide beginning in the year 1985, and she actually places within the top three of 14 different events. As I said before, Tanya was different. She didn't come from a wealthy family. She didn't have the money for fancy costumes, and skating is not a cheap sport to participate in. So, oftentimes, her costumes were either handmade or provided for her by Diane. Like, Diane would pay for a lot of her stuff because she believed in Tanya. Mm -hmm. And I guess at one point, um, Tanya, I think it was when she was a little bit older, not like when she was a teen or anything. But I guess the the judges would tell you, like, hey, you should wear this kind of outfit or you should, you know, do your – routines to this type of song and they would kind of like tell you what they were looking for and what they wanted and somebody actually went to tanya and was like if you ever show up in a handmade costume again like you're gonna lose like we'll never let you win if you're gonna dress like that and she basically said like unless you've got five thousand dollars to pay for my stuff like you can shove it kind of thing And so she constantly had that, like I said, that uphill battle all the time because couldn't afford those kind of things. So it was super, super hard. Diane felt like she could mold Tanya into what she wanted her to be. So she would try to give her like, pointers and like how to be more graceful and more elegant and all that kind of stuff. But Tanya just like had her own decision of or her own opinion of herself. So she was like, I'm going to be like this. I'm not going to conform to what they want. Like I have the ability, like I have the athletic skill. So it doesn't matter that I'm not as graceful. It doesn't matter that I don't have a a good enough costume. And it. she was like, I'm going to prove it by my ability that I can do this. And so it was kind of, like, one of those things where she had decided in her head that's how it was going to be, but then she had to compete with all these
1: people who had all these other things. So, I don't know. Do you think the mom invested so much in Tanya just so she can become an Olympic and be, like, famous and, like, make her rich?
0: Um, see, that's hard because it's not like she was Tanya's number one fan. <laughs> so but she was, but she was think You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that, she, did she believe in her daughter? Did she love her daughter? Did she want her to do this just for Tanya's benefit? I don't know. Was it for both of their benefit? Yeah, I think it was. But that's not to say that she was only doing it because she wanted to get out of it. I don't know. That's hard to
1: You know what I mean cuz she's putting so much extra money and time into this. Yeah. And she supposedly has two other kids somewhere, don't know where what happened. Not in not in this like whole world situation, but you know what I mean like I just think it's interesting she's putting so much positive and negative into just Tanya and yeah. like her ice skating.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. So, I mean, part of this is super valid and empowering, but at the same time it almost could be annoying because Tanya paints herself in such a way like, well, you people were never going to give me a chance anyway, so like I'm not going to change. To which I get that. And I feel like it's such a like it's such a gray area because she should be judged based on just her skill. However, that's not the sport of ice skating. Like the, you have to have, it's both and it's not either or kind of thing, you know? So, and I think it's not just in like the skating world too. Like I feel, cause I've watched all the recent interviews that Tanya has done and stuff like that. I feel like in her own way of self-preservation, she never felt like she was good enough. She always felt like she was a victim. So she just gives it her excuse to act and be the way that she is. And, like, that's, to me, no offense, sorry, Tanya, like, that seems really immature (laughs) to be, like, to still be doing that kind of stuff today, like, you're 50-something. And I'm not saying that she's off doing anything super scandalous or anything like that, but it's just, it's one of those things, like, you can't play that card forever, but... yeah. I don't know. It was funny because um, I will say, like, it's people feel like you do. Like, they either really love her or they really hate her. Like,
1: there's no in between. So, <laughs> Who loves her. Um, yeah. No, I think it's interesting. And I, I mean, we all support a girl who's like, I'm here for me. I'm gonna do it how I want it. You know, she's given me. Uh, don't know the girl's name who knows but uh like stick it vibes oh yeah like f- from the beginning to this point in her life like her movie this could be her that could be her life like it was stick it that movie but to, like gymnastics like if it was ice skating that would be yeah, her. Love you know what movie. i mean yeah it's a great movie 10 out of the time yeah and because that movie was very much of like i'm gonna do it my own way who cares And And you're going to respect me
0: because I'm able to do it. And that's where I, that's what I think is hard because like, do I agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. We shouldn't be judged based on just like the visualization of what we look like or what we can wear and those kind of things. But at the same time, like Tanya, that's part of the game. Like that's part of the game and you either play the game or you don't, you don't get to change the rules just because you feel like you should.
1: So that's where I just got to say, if you're all talk, you better back it up with like some kind of skill. But she had the skill. She had everything. And then she's done. She did Not have dumb, the athletic I mean. ability for sure. Yeah, she had it. She had it all. And
0: yeah, but she just wasn't willing to um like better herself for a while. I think she does at one point she does start to like take Diane's advice on things because she sees like the judges weren't going to like waver and how they were but it was like things like okay they wanted to hear tchaikovsky while you were skating but tanya's like heck no i'm gonna skate to zz top so when you've got these people who are used to seeing it a certain way hearing it a certain way and then you show up and you're like here's some deaf leopard they're not going to react or respond based on your skill because they're too distracted by all the other things that you're failing to do so I don't know. I'm not a judge. I'm not an ice skater. I don't care to ever be, but yeah. So yeah. then, you know, she's she met a boy and everything changed. So 1986, a year after I think the Sharp Edges came out, or maybe it was the same year it came out, it was a good year for Tanya. She uh, placed second in the International Skate America competition, um, the documentary was filmed about her life and she met her future husband, Jeff Giluli. Giluli? Giluli. Giluli. It's a really interesting name. But, anyways, Jeff was 17, Tanya was 15, and he was pretty much the first person to kind of give her any attention catching her eye by lurking around the skate rink where she practiced. I mean, he was mesmerized by her skill, so he admired her by watching her skate. And soon after, the pair fell in love and they lived happily ever after. Just kidding.
1: So... She was a skater girl. <laughs> yeah. He was in love with her. He was
0: her. a creep or whatever.
1: He was a star. <laughs>
0: yeah, like I think at this point, this was the time when like Tanya had like just dropped out of school, like when she met him, kind of thing. So he was appealing because he was older. He had a job. He had a car, and he was going somewhere. And you know, she's just like this Olympian girl who like or future Olympian girl. She wasn't an Olympian yet. Like. She's just doing her best to try to skate and get herself out of the life that she's in. And so this guy gave her the attention that she wanted and she was like, awesome, this is great. But here's the kicker. Every interview I watched, every movie, every single thing points to her entire demise and downfall due to this guy. And I just wanna be the one to point out, like no one's that powerful. Do I think that this guy was pretty douchey? Yeah. You bet. Like his whole, his his mustache alone is just not my favorite. But I do. I think that he deserves the credit of being like the reason for Tanya Harding like losing her entire life and becoming who she became. No, like I don't think that he's that powerful. But whatever. There's lots of gray area, and you know we might just have to come back to it. So, um, anyways, she met Jeff, and from that point on. Like, they were glued to each other's hip from the second that they met kind of thing. Um, well, yeah, continue. No, go ahead. Tanya claims that she had, whether he was a stepbrother or a half-brother, I don't know who the who this guy was. I, I didn't care to do the research, sorry. But apparently, he wasn't living at home, but he came to the house when Tanya was getting ready with on her first date, excuse me, with Jeff. And um, he, like, tried to molest her, and she literally, like, had to fight him off and run to a neighbor's house and call the cops. And he ended up being arrested and going to prison or going to jail for a certain amount of time. And then, like, a few years later, he ended up, like, dying in a car crash. So that's super dramatic happening, going on. What does that have to do with anything? It doesn't have anything to do with anything. That's why I'm just saying Tanya Harding's life is a freaking train wreck because – that stuff was happening all the while she's trying to become an Olympia, Olympian champion, whatever. So, time goes on. Tanya is killing it in the skate game. But, of course, things at home aren't great, meaning that her parents finally divorce and Tanya ends up, like, trying to get away from her mother. Which, oh, this is another thing that was in the movie that um, – she claims happened she claims that she got into a verbal altercation with her mother in which they were at the dinner table and her mom threw a steak knife from across the table and it ended up puncturing her right arm and this was in the i tanya movie her mom claims that that never happened however tanya says she has the scar i haven't seen the scar but after that she basically decided like she couldn't be around her mother anymore it was too toxic or whatever so she ends up moving
1: in with jeff um that's a good reason to leave i support Tonya in that decision yeah. if that did truly happen yeah. um she also started working
0: at uh the ice skating rink i think the clackamas one trading her like trading pay for practice time so she would work at the rink and like help kids if they fell down or, you know, make sure people are doing what they're supposed to do, like whatever. (laughs) And then in exchange, she would, she would just get her time that she needed to practice. So as I mentioned before, uh, Tanya didn't fit the mold for a typical ice skater. She wasn't like tiny or dainty, but she wasn't big by any means. I think she's like five foot tall and she weighed like a hundred pounds. So she's still tiny, but she was more like athletically built. She had more like of the curve. Like she had Thighs, muscle. Yeah, she had muscle for sure, and like a thicker body type. Um, so this made her perfect for being able to do things that not all skaters could do because some of them are tall and lanky, and it just doesn't work like that. But um, she decided she was going to go for trying to do the triple axel, and um, when Tanya put her mind on something competitively, she went after it hundred percent. So. She ended up getting married to Jeff in the year 1990, and by 1991, um, at the nationals, she was the second person in the world and the first American girl to complete the triple axel in competition, which I mentioned. But again, like this was like Guinness Book of World Records, like this was a huge deal. It was the tip top of you know Tanya's life. It's still the best moment of her life, and it actually is like it's kind of cool to watch her do it because you see her land it in, cause it's obviously was recorded or whatever on the news. And it's like the look on her face, that it's, it is pretty cool to see. She was very proud of herself and was able to do it or whatever. And it's kind of cute cause she'll still watch it and cry cause she's so proud of herself and blah, blah, blah. But um, in one commentary, some person said like, if if she was able to just like have her life end right there, everything would have been great. She would have died happy kind of thing. But yeah. that is not at all what happened. So after winning this feat, both her career and her personal life seemed to just, like, kind of, like, crash down all at the same time. Um, it said that, like, because Tanya had done this, she, like, had gained some weight. She wasn't practicing as much anymore. Apparently, she became asthmatic when she was, like, a child. That only happened, like, It was, like, what is it, athletically induced or sports-induced asthma. And um, after she won the championships or whatever, she started chain smoking because, you know, that's a good idea. So Mm. her career kind of, like, it had this really, really big high, but it seemed to, like, drop really fast because she just wasn't – any time after she nailed that one in 1991, that competition, she has never been able to land it professionally since. Like, that – it was, like, that happened, and then every time she would attempt it in her her future, like, competitions and stuff, she wouldn't – she wasn't able to do it.
1: And then, wait, how old was she at this time? She was 20
0: when that happened in 1991. Dang. Yeah. So, um, this is also where our friend, uh, from the beginning, Nancy Kerrigan, comes into play. So, prior to winning the national championships in 1991, Tanya actually missed her chance at the Olympics in eighty eight. She ended up i think coming in like sixth or something like that so it was when she was younger she didn't make the olympics whatever but she knew like the next chance she was gonna you know do her best and prove herself as much as possible so she finally did qualify for the olympics because of all the stuff that she had done in 1991 so she went to the olympics in 1992 but like i said she wasn't prepared the way that she should have been and a lot of people said that like When Tanya's life was okay at home, she skated amazingly, but when Tanya's life wasn't okay, that's when things were really bad, and you could see it in her skating, which is sad. So, the marriage that she had with Jeff was tumultuous at best. Um, She said that they would literally get into, like, physical fights regularly. Like, he would abuse her, and I, I don't remember if it was, like, a newer interview or if it was an interview, like, back in the day, but basically said, like, she had had enough of him putting her hands, putting his hands on her so she would fight back, to which mm-hmm. that's not necessarily how you solve a problem, but okay. So, she ended up um, trying to file for divorce in 1992, even to the point of having a restraining order against him, but that they always, like, found some way to, like, rekindle their romance or whatever. So, they were, like, together but not together, married but separated, like, all that kind of thing for a few years. So, she lost her family, she lost her sh- shot at the Olympics, you know, like, nothing was what she wanted it to be anymore. And she knew, like, she would have to make some changes in order to, um like, compete for the next one because how, i don't know how old you can be in the olympics but i know like isn't the like golden age between like 16 and 25 kind of thing
1: probably but there's people that are like well obviously 30, sean 40. white's 35
0: and he's still in it but is he yeah
1: isn't he in it this no. year i don't know i don't know i don't know so they should let tony hawk be in the olympics this year and he wasn't he's 53 that's <laughs> He could still skateboard. He's
0: literally the same age as mom. Can you imagine mom being like an athlete like Tony Hawk? Skateboarding? I kind of can. You could imagine mom being a skateboarder? She could have, I guess. I could see her snowboarding really more than That really fits anything. her vibe. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Um, there was something else I just wanted to say and now it totally left my head. Oh, oh, oh. Also, after her 1991, like – whatever she i don't know if it was just like her cockiness or whatever but she actually ended up like parting ways with diane and working with one of diane's students as her teacher um there was some sort of feud or some sort of altercation between the two of them um and so the the movie depicted it as tanya fired her and then they um had like some sort of what's that word (laughs) Not recollection. Reconciliation. They had some sort of reconciliation, but um yeah. Anyways, so she wasn't even working with Diane anymore. She's leaving, she's estranged from her husband. She doesn't talk to her mom. Like her whole life kind of sucks. She's working as a waitress and chain smoking like no other. And in some sort of twist of fate, the Olympics decided that year that they were going to split the winter and summer games. So that meant the next winter games would be in 1994. So like I said, she, I think she did go to the 1992 Olympics. Um, and she missed the chance in 88, but she did make it in 1992. And did she
1: actually like skate in 1992? Yeah, she did. Because, or was she just no, like because on the like, she, No, she
0: had, um, she did skate because she, um, she had, earned her way because of all the stuff that she did in 91 with landing the triple axel and all that kind of stuff so she did go in 92 but she did not perform well she didn't do well that's what i thought yeah yeah. so that would have meant like her next time to make it would have been in 1996 but like i said in a twist of fate the olympics decided to split it so the next winter games were going to be in 1994 and she ended up having some sort of reconciliation with Diane and she started working with her again and she knew like okay I have like a year to get myself back into shape kind of thing. So, this was incredible news for Tanya because it meant that she had a shot. And so she actually this is when she actually did take Diane's advice and I think she started taking like ballet classes and stuff like that or, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things to like learn those types types of things. Um She started her training, she started working on things, and that's when, and I don't know if a judge specifically came to her or what happened, but through the grapevine, it was learned that Tanya was attempting to divorce Jeff, and the Skate Association was like, yeah, that's not going to look good for your image, so you should actually, like you need to stay with Jeff, you need to, like, work on things with your mom, and basically took those two super toxic people that had been her downfall, and they were like, hold it together, Tanya, because America wants you to be whole, and this is what looks better for you, to which I think is super frustrating, because, I don't know, I don't think that that type of, forced relationship was beneficial and it just goes to show you like that's what people were interested back then like they didn't care what was going on behind the scenes as long as you looked and fit the part up front then everything
1: was fine she was representing america exactly but like i don't know america cannot be full of divorcees and estranged relationships with your family members
0: i mean yeah that's basically what they said and i think it's which is like Who looks that deep (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't even know who's on the olympic team and who cares (laughs) that much but apparently they cared and so i think there's one interview where somebody asks like oh so you admit that jeff was physically abusive to you like why would you let a man do that and she was like well because he said he loved me and she was like my mom says she loves me and she beats me too so i just thought that that's how life was and it was okay and so if that's true say that that type because it sounds pretty naive but if that's true that's really sad that's really super super sad if that's your mindset you believe that as long as somebody says they're sorry and they say that they love you even if they're gonna tell you that every single time and they beat you 42 times a day as long as they said they were sorry and they love you everything's fine like that type of mindset is so sad
1: that's sad and awful and and you do have to give her a little bit of credit for that
0: like that has to suck
1: that, uh, there's a tiny bit of credit for that but at the same time like when when was that interview i have no idea because at the same time could she say the only reason i'm with my husband my dirtbag husband and my abusive mom is because the skating association told me so she can't say that at a skate association interview so maybe she just said that to say that sorry not sorry you well and i mean? just think it's really she interesting. said she tried to divorce him yeah and they said don't yeah well that's That's what i mean the only it's not like she didn't try to leave it's not because she said he said i love you and that's why i stayed
0: but i just she couldn't say
1: the real truth
0: i just think you know if it makes me think like how different would things have been had she been able to have like help you know would she have been a better skater If she was rescued from the abuse, you know, if the abuse was 100% factual, true, like it all did happen, had she been taken out of that situation, would she have been better? Would it not have led to like, I don't know, you can't play the what if game, but I like to play it sometimes. So it just makes you think about things, I guess.
1: I don't know. She's, I just, sorry, Tanya, you've literally put the worst taste in my mouth. (laughs) But see, okay, but I want to ask, like, why? (laughs) Why has Tanya Harding put such a bad taste in your mouth? no i'm just saying with this whole situation that's this is why i want i want more context okay i get what you're saying
0: because i i'm just can't saying stand courtney love and she's never done anything to me but i just i
1: no i'm not vibes. saying that either i'm just saying if you think about it if you look behind the curtain i'm sorry like i i've always had a bad like not a good taste with tanya and never thought she was like that but then this whole she made me wear the stupid skating yeah outfit to school that is like Sorry, no. And now this whole thing where she's like, "Well, I didn't want to leave him because he told me he loved me," but she tried. She wanted to leave him in the skate, so she said, "Don't leave him." Yeah, you can't. I'm just saying. Like, I understand she probably did feel like that, but like, is she saying that in interviews just to like make herself look like a victim even more? I That's mean, what yeah, I yeah. I don't know. Because she did try to leave. She's like, I want a divorce. Got a restraining order. I know, like, it's like, I don't know. I'm not Tanya. I'm not in that type of relationship. I'm not in that situation. But, like, yeah, you can't announce and say, oh, the only reason I didn't divorce him is because it would look bad and Americans wouldn't like me as much. Yeah. She can't say that. No, that's true. It's very true. So, like, in the, like what was the best situation to say? What do you say when you – did he really abuse you? Like – why would you stay with him like what are you supposed to say in an interview and while you're trying to become an Olympian you know what i mean yeah. that's the only thing you could say yeah and i'm sorry like it's just she's painting a picture and i don't know i just i'm not accepting the picture <laughs> i don't i don't accept this like the art teacher take it back and try again you know what i mean i don't know it's just like ever since yeah, I just think she's kind of getting – it's not an excuse. I'm not saying it's an excuse, and it sounds really awful, but I'm just saying, like, she was prepared to leave him. Yeah. But, yeah, in an interview, you can't say, no, I want to leave him. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's because it's like, okay, true. why don't you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she has to say, like, oh, blah, 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 because he loves me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think she is – a lot more skeevier than you're giving her to be well and that's what i said earlier on
0: like i i want to give her the benefit of the doubt but it seems like a lot of times she just paints herself as this victim and it's hard if you're gonna play the victim then you can't have all of these reasons why you're not a victim (laughs) like you know you would have a little bit more validity in what
1: you're saying but it just yeah i don't
0: know so Uh, i don't
1: know bad taste in my mouth but keep going yeah
0: so moving on um it's it's the time before the winter olympics she's preparing blah 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 at the same time her rival nancy kerrigan is competing for the same spot same gold and america loves her so tanya and nancy it's really hard because tanya claims that her and nancy were friends And that they were always friends and that they would always room together whenever they would go do these like international competitions and stuff like that because they were both, you know, they're around the same age. They're both from America, blah, 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 all this stuff. Uh, Nobody, (laughs) nobody really like uh, gives her that truth. Like, nobody's… No one confirms no, that. Yeah. Nobody really <laughs> confirms that. Not to say that they didn't spend time with each other because, again, they would go do these, like, competitions and these things and and for a lot of it, Sorry, they were… around
1: a lot. Yeah. And a
0: lot of it, they were older teens. Like, they were teens, so it's not like they were able to just, like, go off and do their own thing. Like, they were probably part of, like, groups or whatever. But, you know, they they were rivals competition-wise. They competed in a lot of the same things. And, you know, for most of them, Nancy always seemed to outdo Tanya. Other than the 91 win... A lot of the times Tanya was the one, or a lot of times Nancy was the one who was winning those competitions, whereas, like, Tanya would come in, like, sixth or eighth or fifth or something like that, whereas Nancy was in, like, second and third or first or those kind of things. Like, you can go back and you can compare, you know, their medals if you really would like to, but anyways, um, Nancy is different from Tanya because she is the American Princess Ice Barbie Doll. Like, she um, came from a better off family. Not that her family was super wealthy, but they they had the, like, put together family. Um, she's everything that they wanted. She's taller. She had the skill, but she also had the grace and the elegance that Tanya didn't. She followed the rules. And, you know, she's got tons of endorsements. (laughs) So that was one thing that Tanya definitely didn't get from anybody. Whereas, like, um, you know, Nancy's on TV all the time for commercials. She was sponsored by Reebok. Uh, She was sponsored by Campbell's Soup. She was sponsored by Revlon. Like, she was a face and she was making millions of dollars as a young adult pre or, you know, like, teen. And Tanya didn't have those things. So I don't know. To say that they were friends, I don't know if that's just Tanya's opinion or no, you know, who, who made who knows? Maybe we could give her this benefit of the doubt. Maybe Tanya did actually think that they were friends where Nancy didn't. <laughs> like, I don't oh, no. know. And it's hard because Nancy doesn't do interviews. She doesn't talk about it. Like, she really doesn't. She's like, I wouldn't. Uh, I moved on with my life a long time ago. I'm not answering your silly questions. Okay, bye. But um, anyways, so it's 1994 right um nancy's trying to go for this tanya's trying to go for this and michelle kwan we talked about her a little bit ago michelle kwan i think was like 14 12 something like that like she was little younger but she Mm -hmm. was still in the same competitions like they were still part of the same stuff i don't know i kind of want to fact check and make sure michelle kwan age in 1994 it was 14. She wasn't born. No, she was 14. No. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I knew she was competing in the same stuff, but I wasn't sure how old she was. So she was kind of born in the, like, beginning of her skating career, you know, as far as being whatever. But she was still looking forward to trying to be on the Olympic team as well. So what I learned in watching the 30 for 30, which was pretty good, episode, it's called The Price of Gold, There was an interview that was done on January 4th, 1994, and, you know, like, to put this out here, Tanya didn't come from a wealthy family, so she didn't have, like, a private practice facility, you know? She had to fly commercial when she, so, like, the media could meet up with Tanya and have conversations with Tanya whenever they wanted because she was always in public places. That's not the same for a lot of the other girls, you know? Like, a lot of them had the ability, you know, like, especially with Nancy, I think they said, like, her dad worked, like, a second job or a side job or something to afford to pay for Nancy's ice skating competitions and stuff. So, um, they show up because it is right before the national skating competition of 1994, which is when they would decide who was going to be in the 94 Olympics. So, Tanya's leaving on January 4th. It was going to be held in Detroit, Michigan she's walking through the airport and she's got journalists, you know, shoving microphones in her face and they're like, Tanya, you know, how do you feel? How are you? What are you going to do? Like, what do you, how do you think the competition's going to go? And she responds with, you know, I'm going to do my best. Nancy's going to bring her best and I'm going to win. It's kind of like the gist of what she says. Um, Yeah. The attack on Nancy, you know, happens like two days later. So, little did the world know that only two days later, the rivalry would only leave one of them standing. Now, as I said in the very, very beginning of this episode, it was January 6th of 1994. Nancy Kerrigan is bludgeoned by a police stick. Um, it was such a gigantic thing in the sports world. Like everybody was seriously terrified. Like they thought that somebody was out there trying to attack, you know, figure skaters. It wasn't just that this was specifically a hit on Nancy. It was kind of like meant more, or at least it put the fear in the athletes for all of them, not just for Nancy. Um, Tanya ends up receiving a call from her coach, Diane, in which she said she was asleep when the attack had happened because she was in Detroit at the time. And later on that day, there's like a press conference or whatever, and Tanya's interviewed during her practice, and she said she feels really sorry for Nancy, and she has no idea like who did it or what happened, and said that she was really fearful for her own safety. She did say that there was a lot of security
1: like at the facility, like at the ice skating rink or whatever but that a lot of people were terrified quick question yes why was tanya sleeping (laughs) do they not like practice around the same times and like
0: i don't think so i think they had like scheduled time and i'm I'm pretty sure it was like evening when nancy kerrigan was attacked Hmm. i don't know what time specifically it was but i'm pretty sure it was like later in the day now as i said before from the day that nancy was attacked um it was kind of learned that she wasn't going to be able to compete in the nationals that year like there was no way she was going to be able to get out on the ice that day thus it conveniently opened up the competition for tanya to take the gold which of course she did and that meant win meant that she could take one of the two open spots for the 1994 winter olympics however the next question then became who would take the second spot And again, as I told you, like Michelle Kwan competed and I'm pretty sure she came in second. So she would have been um, the likely person to uh, have the Olympic spot. However, the United States Skating Association or whatever decided that although she was injured, Nancy did have the skill. And so that spot was given to her, just given to her despite having to compete. So Um. I don't know... (laughs) I don't know, like, who ultimately get, you know, got to decide that or whatever. Um, I'm pretty sure they did interview Michelle Kwan because she was, like, 14. And they were like, oh, are you upset? And she was like, nah, like, I have plenty of time to, like, be in the Olympics. Wow. A a humble queen. I don't, yeah, I don't think she was really, like, super offended by it by any means. Like, it was just kind of like, "Eh, whatever, it happens. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) I would have been Um, pissed.
0: (laughs) I will say it was in the 30 for 30. So the ESPN episode, I guess there was a press conference after Nancy was announced that she was just going to be put on the Olympic team. And I guess there was a rumor going around. Like Tanya was the one responsible for what happened to Nancy. I don't know how, I don't know why. Um, It did say on the 30, 30 for 30 30 episode uh, when nancy's um nancy kerrigan's coaches it was like a married couple they were walking back to their hotel or whatever in the snow and it was all so serene oh she gets to go be in the you know olympics despite being hurt or whatever and um the guy coach his name's like evie E i don't know how to say his name but he was like tanya's responsible for this i can just tell like i can feel it that's what he was saying so Who knows? January 10th, upon returning home from the competition, Tanya is actually escorted through PDX with her new bodyguard. His name is Sean Eckhart, and he was a longtime friend of Jeff. All seems happy and well. You know, Tanya's like riding on this high of like she just won, you know, the title for the 94 um, skate competition or whatever but the rumors started to swirl as to whether or not tanya had anything to do with the attack on nancy since she's the only one who would have really had anything to gain from it and i don't know if they would have made that assumption had tanya been like any other ice skater or if part of her like rough exterior meant that they were like tanya did it (laughs) tanya's trash so we think tanya did it like i don't know
1: i don't understand how they're saying she was the only one that could gain anything is it if Nancy's the best? That means everyone below her. Michelle Kwan could have done it. She would have. She gained <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, you know I mean. I don't know.
0: Now, watching the thirty for thirty, I learned that apparently, um, there was a letter that was delivered to the Oregonian, which I don't know how or why it went straight there, but it was some anonymous letter was delivered to the Oregonian and the sports journalist for Portland. Her name is Anne. I forgot what her last name is. But she gets this letter that claims that Tanya's bodyguard's father had been bragging about the fact that his son Sean and friend Jeff were the ones who coordinated the hit on Nancy. This, of course, was, like, huge news, but not necessarily, like, a gigantic shock. Like, I feel like people were kind of waiting for it to be announced that it was like tanya's fault i
1: know can we go to like just think for a second they couldn't they had no evidence when this happened did we get into that
0: yeah yeah no at this point there's been nothing has been brought to anybody's attention this is still just like days after it happened nancy yeah and ran away that's all they have yeah (laughs) that's literally all they have and he got away he totally got away like one guy i think said that like he saw him running but couldn't tell you know anything about him. they were like he's a white man he's tall like that's all they got mm. couldn't tell you what age he was like hair color eye color, nothing they just saw some dude like running away like he totally got away with it he did at the time <laughs> so um this sports journalist or whatever she calls tanya right away and she's like tanya I have a letter here that implicates you and Jeff in this whole situation with Nancy. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you do? Well, fax it over to me. And she's like, Uh uh, like, I'm not gonna give it to you unless you agree to do an interview with me. So, you know, classy sports journalists getting what they want. So she ends up going in and doing an interview. And she says it was super, super awkward because like Jeff sat behind her, the journalist. And she said that she would watch Tanya's eyes, like, dart to Jeff and then dart back to her. And she could tell, like, they weren't being honest about what was going on. Like, it was super, super Mm -hmm. suspicious. So, days later, um, Tanya voluntarily goes in for questioning by the FBI. And she ends up being there for, like, over 10 hours. And everybody, of course, is, like, watching Tanya at this point because they all think that she's part of it kind of thing so january 12th shout out to mom's birthday uh sean eckhart is arrested and he was the bodyguard is arrested and confesses to orchestrating the hit implicating tanya harding and jeff plus two others a man by the name of michael smith or Derek smith not michael smith a man by the name of Derek smith and his nephew wow his nephew shane stant Two days following the rest of Sean, Shane actually turns himself in as the assailant who attacked Kerrigan down in Phoenix, like, down in Arizona, and he ends up, Sean ends up making bail, and he, like, when he walks out of, like, the Multnomah County Jail or whatever, he's all smiles, and he's, like, playing coy, and it's super, like, gross, and he's like, oh, no comment, but he's, like, totally, like, eating up all this attention, which is just... I don't know, super frustrating. Uh, By January 15th, the Skating Association meets and they determine whether or not Tanya should be able to compete with
1: the Olympic team. Okay, so just to confirm here, Sean Eckert was the bodyguard for Tanya and he first confesses and, you know, rats out everyone and says, yeah, me, Tanya, Jeff, and these two other dudes were there and we planned a hit. Yeah, But he says Shane was the one that actually attacked Nancy. And so Sean got out on bail. He just ratted everyone out, but he's like, I didn't physically hurt anyone. And then by January 15th, the Olympic team is like, yo, (laughs) we weren't sure about letting her compete with a divorced husband. (laughs) Now there's this. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that
0: basically happens, and Tanya is pissed. So before anything even starts with the whole Nancy Kerrigan thing, like she's facing this, she ends up going and, like, trying to sue the National Skate Association and saying, like, I earned this, I did this. Like, if you try to tell me I can't skate, I'm suing you for $10 million. So then the Skate Association is like, hold up, wait, we didn't say you couldn't skate, we said we're thinking about it kind of thing. So there's, like, this really awkward, like, limbo area then days later tanya voluntarily goes in for questioning by the fbi and she's there for like over 10 hours and then as soon as she leaves she goes and she files again for divorce from her husband she wishes him well and she's like okay bye then shane who like i said um he's the guy who actually committed the assault he turns himself in in arizona that same day he's brought up to portland for like the legal process Also, around the same time, not within the same day, but around that same time, Jeff also turns himself in because there
1: was a a warrant issued for his arrest. So, he voluntarily comes in. So, Tanya obviously tells the FBI, wasn't me, didn't have anything to do with it, and then dips out from her husband. I mean, smart move. Don't stay with him after that.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, obviously, I don't think we have the record of what specifically was said during that like interview or anything like that. But we're pretty sure the FBI went to Tanya saying like, cause she she claimed her innocence the whole entire time. She's like, I had nothing to do about it. I didn't know about it, blah, 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 all this stuff. But people say that she was kind of lied to. Whether they knew or they didn't know, it was said the FBI was like, we know you had something to do with it. We know Jeff told you, like we have evidence that you knew beforehand so either confess it all to us now or suffer the suffer the consequences kind of thing. So I don't know. Tanya continues to claim her innocence. Um, she tries her best to, like, keep the discussion on her career rather than the scandal. But, of course, at that point, nobody cares anymore. <laughs> like, they just want the drama. Nobody cares that she's an ice skater. Nobody cares that she's good. They're just like, no, tell us what you did. Like, they're just digging for anything and everything. and. I kind of want to point out and totally compare this to like the kind of stuff that like Britney faced in 2008, because they even mentioned it in the I, Tonya movie, like one of the journalists and media, cause she had people from all over the country, not just journalists and media from Portland. Like we're talking people from you know, New York and Los Angeles and Chicago, like everybody all over the place was all over her. And someone even like had her truck towed, like they called to have her truck towed just because they wanted her to come outside and like lose her mind and watch her lose her mind about it. That pissed me off too. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it just, it's like the media treated her just like this zoo animal, like rather than a human being, like purposely poking her and trying to get her to react about things because she, they knew she wasn't the person to keep her mouth shut and they knew she wasn't going to just sit there and let everything happen. So, I don't know how valid all of that is. I know there's validity to some of it, but I don't know the extent of everything. And it said that, like, people were also camped out at Nancy's house, too, but she didn't speak to anybody about anything. <laughs> so, and was Tanya capable of, like, staying out of the media's way? Yes. But did she do that? Of course not.
1: Well, and then how long is it, like, how much time is going on is this for like months not that much at all week or two no
0: no this was probably so like the incident happened on january 6th and the olympics were in early february so So three four weeks yeah like not super long but long enough and again, because Tanya isn't like other skaters, she doesn't get the luxury of practicing in a private rink. So it shows, like, back in the day when she was practicing, like, she would go to Clackamas and there would be hundreds of people watching her. And I do remember at Clackamas, too, it was like the, the food court, like, overlooked the ice skating rink. So there's just tons of people just sitting there watching her, you know, and she had, like she did have a fan club and i think in the height of her fan club there was like two thousand people who were (laughs) part of it so i mean she had all these people just constantly watching her and supporting her anyways january 26th jeff also confesses like sean and he too implicates tanya as being part of it so the next day tanya of course has to like issue a statement and she issues a statement from her lawyer admitting that she knew of the attack and, a f- and had failed to report what she knew. And I quote, I have done nothing to violate the standards of excellence in sportsmanship that are expected of an Olympic athlete, end quote, which was basically her way of saying like, she didn't know about the attack prior to the attack happening, but she learned what had happened after she got home and she admits that she didn't go to the police with that information, but just because she knew that, it doesn't implicate her or violate her eth- ethics and sportsmanship. So basically, like, just because I knew about it when I came home and I didn't go tell the truth about it doesn't mean you can't let me compete in the Olympics.
1: That's, that was, like, her hmm. point of view. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, if you look at it at that yeah. point, it's like. Because she knew of it. It's
0: not because she did anything, it's not because she was part of the planning, it's not like she was part of the covering up, it was the fact that she knew something and she didn't talk about it. That's what she's in trouble for. And that's what I just want to say, like, because we'll get to the sentencing later and obviously there's trials and there's all sorts of stuff, and so just just remember, like, that's what she was guilty of, of knowing something and not talking about it. Hmm. So... Anyways, um, Jeff claims, you know, because he's getting media attention, Sean's getting media attention, Shane, the guy who actually did it, and the uh, Derek, the guy who um, drove the car or whatever, they pretty much, like, stay out of the way. Like, they weren't part of any interviews or anything. They They do end up doing interviews, like, later on, but they weren't, they weren't, like, soaking it up like Jeff and Sean were, but. The media, of course, eats this up, and Jeff claims that she knew what was going to happen beforehand and that she approved of it. Like, that's what her husband is saying, or her ex-husband. So, everybody is, like, freaking out, like, oh my gosh, Tanya, blah, blah, blah. Um, There were people who thought that she was full of it and that she knew the whole time, but then there were others who were like Jeff and kind of like used her as, like, this meal ticket, and so, like, people kind of were like, well, what if she's telling the truth? What if she really didn't know, and, like, Jeff just used her, just like her mom used her to try to get out of her life or whatever, and we talked about this a little bit ago, but, like, what if she really did have nothing to do with it? What if he doubted her abilities and thought that Nancy was going to win, so he knocked out Nancy so that she could win, kind of thing?
1: I mean to the point yeah (laughs) no go ahead well i'm just thinking like sir first off are you a top figure skater do you know much about figure skating i don't think so not to the point you probably know more than like the average person but i don't think he's like a coach or anything i can't i don't think he can be like yeah i know nancy's gonna win because I watched her skate and she's way better than you and can do all this stuff. Like, no, it's from Tanya saying, "Oh my god, Nancy's gonna win. I suck. I can't win." Like, the only reason if I win is if she trips and breaks her ankle. You know what I mean? Something like that. You can't tell me. I don't think Jeff really like was the mastermind and was like, Tanya can't win. I need to help her. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. It's well, I, hard I to say. That's my opinion. That's, but that's what your opinion is. Yeah. And is. then yeah. at the same time, if Tanya is playing the victim of like, oh, I didn't know, I mean, maybe Jeff is a complete psychopath. Like, there are people like that where you, you know, casually say, like, oh my gosh, I wish this person was like dead. Where like, I wish this person would, you know, jump off a cliff and then. They yeah. Make it maybe he's, was like a yeah. psycho. And she's like, exactly. oh my gosh, I wish Nancy would just like break her leg so she can't skate so I can for sure win and he was like that's a good idea oh, but at that same this. time if yeah, that exactly. happened she should have reported it if she had she no should've. idea and she just casually said that and yeah. he was the psychopath that went and made it happen so Which, I don't know
0: yeah that brings about a really good point and I didn't think about that because yes because of how high profile she was if she had learned about things she should have gone straight to the police with that information because they would have found out anyways. Like, they were going to find out no matter what. But what I thought was interesting is that, like, Oregon was very, like, pro-Tanya. Like, everybody was like, no, we believe she's innocent. Like, Diane, her coach went on interview and was like, Tanya didn't do this. Like, she's innocent. I believe in her. Phil Knight, the CEO of Nike, actually gave Tanya $25,000 towards her legal fees and lawyers like he believed that she was innocent kind of thing and so what's interesting is just like how divided everybody was then and how how divided everybody still is today because to tell you the truth we don't freaking know we still don't know
1: tanya knows
0: (laughs) we don't know well (laughs) yeah tanya but yeah like what she says is that she had no idea so but wait there's more so, on February 3rd of 1994, a woman who owns a tavern in Portland had discovered that someone had been using her dumpster to, like, throw away their trash. And I guess this was, like, a thing for her. People would do it all the time. So, she would then rip open the trash and go through it, figure out who they were, and then take their trash back oh, to them. To which, Okay, I support. <laughs> That's a lot of work for three trash bags, but whatever. That's what she did. So she ended up going through this bag, these bags of trash and actually discovered that it belonged to Jeff and Tanya, and um, that's when she found a note um, within this trash, and it was a handwritten note with some pretty damning evidence. There was also checks made out to Tanya from the Skate Association and something that was, like, addressed to Jeff, like, with their address on it. But the note actually had the location of Nancy's training facility. It had the phone number as well as her practice schedule, and it was all in Tanya's
1: handwriting. This is the second episode where it pays to go through trash
0: which (laughs) i think it's really funny because on the 30 for 30 it shows tanya and she's like yeah they had the the handwriting tested and it was proven that it wasn't mine and then next clip is is some guy saying we had oh he's like he was part of multnomah county or whatever and he's like we actually had the handwriting tested and it was proven to be tanya so it's like (laughs) is she delusional and she just like decides thing in things in her head like is she like a pathological liar and she just like the lies become truth because that's what she believes because in that instance i'm just like what do you mean like because he's saying and he's the legal guy like saying like it's yep it was hers and she's like nope it was proven it wasn't mine so who's telling the truth here friends dorks yeah so this of course makes her look even more guilty though because you know this is the before social media so everything was put on the news and you know people start to speculate that you know it she had been planning this the entire time and that she was in on everything and what's interesting is the check that was in there for Tanya was written over to Jeff and it was for $10,000 and the guys who committed the crime They said they were paid six thousand five hundred dollars. Like from the check. And so it was basically like saying, like, oh, how did they get the money? Oh, well Tanya had a check for ten thousand dollars and they got six thousand five hundred of it. To which I'm like, guys, you literally did this for for like six thousand five hundred bucks? Like seriously? That's that was worth it to you? To which I did do the whole inflation thing and it makes it thirteen thousand three hundred and five dollars, but still, like Shane, Sean, Jeff everyone like y'all thought this was worth it it could be i mean i don't know so in the midst of all of this chaos we have to remember tanya still has the olympics she's preparing for she's still practicing as if she's participating in the olympics which the skating association they were like hey we really got to figure this out do we want her to represent the united states or not and because of the whole like suing or whatever they just decided like whatever we're just gonna let her skate like we're gonna let her skate whatever everybody backs off and nancy and tanya head to norway because that's where the olympics were being that is so
1: crazy though (laughs) what an interesting trip that must have been for the two of them
0: yeah but like leading up to that and it's, it's funny too, because they, they do have footage of like the first time, cause this would be the first time that Nancy and Tanya would have seen each other since the attack yeah. happened. And like, Nancy doesn't even give her the time of day, like won't even look in her direction. And Tanya has just like this look of fear on her face the entire time. Like she just looks like a scared I was little gonna say, girl. what
1: did Tanya, what, like, did she say, like, I wonder if Tanya like actually officially said like, Nancy, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. Did she ever say that?
0: I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, at that time, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think she talked to her at all. February 24th of 1994, uh, the young women compete. Uh, Nancy ends up coming in second place with the Olympics, which is pretty awesome. And she actually wore the same exact practice outfit that she wore when she was attacked. So she's just like, "Hmm, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it um someone called tanya the titanic and nancy is the iceberg which i thought was funny nancy obviously does her best everyone swoons at her grace her ability oh my gosh she just suffered this tragedy and look at her she's out here doing this this is amazing blah 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 tanya on the other hand like i said she was super fearful looking and all of her practice like video like footage and videos and stuff and she's just like a struggle bus to be real so it comes her time to compete her name is called and she doesn't show up and people are like uh what the heck is going on so time goes by and it's down to like 45 seconds and they're gonna disqualify her if she's a no-show all of a sudden she glides out and she looks like a total wreck she starts her routine but you can tell that something's wrong she stops midway through her routine throws her leg up on the judge's table and claims that her laces just broke right as she was supposed to come out onto the ice.
1: Now that's an iconic picture. I've seen that picture.
0: Yeah. Like her face is. Yeah. Now, apparently Tanya had a thing over the last few years of giving an excuse or blaming her lack of ability on things outside of her Hmm. control. Victim. Now, I'm not saying that such things didn't take place, but it seemed to only happen when her scores weren't going in her favor. So, like, at one point, she talks about it in multiple things of how there was one competition, I think, where she came in fourth, and she's like, well, my my uh, skates broke. They broke the day before, and... They were slanted and so I wasn't able to land anything and blah. just gives tons of excuses for these things. And also it was said that there was one competition that was held in like the Pacific Northwest where um, somebody called in a death threat on Tanya. And so she didn't compete. And some people speculate that she didn't want to have to compete because she felt like she was too good to have to compete in this thing. So she had that happen. Like she had someone call it for her. And that's what the movie kind of depicts too, that like Jeff and Sean had done this. Because this happened like months before the whole Nancy Kerrigan Mm -hmm. thing, like in the year before. So I don't know. I That one's kind of like up in the air. Do I believe that some things can happen outside of your control? Absolutely. But does it seem like they only seem to happen when it's not in her favor? Yeah, kind of does. So I don't know. Now... Um, the judges feel bad for her for some reason, whatever, and they're like, okay, go fix your laces, come back in 30 minutes, and then you'll get to do your routine or whatever. So that's what she does, and nonetheless, 30 minutes later, she's back out on the ice, she completes her routine, but everybody says that, like, she just didn't have that spark. Like, she just didn't do well, and she ends up coming in eighth place, which, yikes.
1: Yeah, um. (laughs) I don't think the laces were the problem, lady.
0: Had anything to do with it, yeah. So, as you can imagine, people were just dying for Tanya to get home because once she got home, that's when all the, like, trials and legal processing would take place. On March 21st of 1984, the Multnomah County Grand Jury indicts Sean Eckhart, Michael – I keep saying Michael – Derek Smith, Shane Stant. And Jeff Gilluli with charges that include racketeering, conspiracy to commit second degree assault, and all of them plead not guilty. Which I want to throw this out there that like years later in one of the various in- interviews between the four of them, they do all discuss how they never intended on severely hurting her, which is what they kind of did in I, Tonya. Jeff claims that he just wanted to send death threats via like USPS, you know, snail mail. Uh, Shane, the guy who actually committed the assault, said that he heard originally they wanted to kill her. Then they talked about cutting her Achilles tendon, but that he wasn't willing to do that to a person. Yeah. I could hit somebody, but I'm not going to cut their foot. Like, okay. I mean, I think it's all really annoying, but he said, she said garbage. And there's got to be like some sort of truth as to like what their full intentions were. But no one's really to say willing to say, like, none of them say the same thing. All of their stories are mismatched. And they change their stories all the time. So I don't really know, like, how to make heads or tails of what happened. So huh. by May of 1994, Sean pleads guilty to racketeering, which I looked up racketeering because I was like, what is racketeering? It means dishonest or fraudulent business dealings. Smith, who was the getaway driver, and Shane Stant, who committed the crime, they both plead guilty to conspiracy to commit second-degree assault, and also, like, they made this, like, super easy because they're idiots, and apparently Shane used his own credit cards for all of his hotel, all of his travel, even the weapons, so they literally had a gigantic paper trail leading straight to them, so whether or not Shane would have, like, turned himself in or not, they still would have figured it out because he didn't cover up his tracks
1: whatsoever. Dumb.
0: Also, (laughs) I thought it was hilarious that he says that he would, like, walk through the whole facility to, like, figure out how to plan the attack or whatever. He would move his car every 30 minutes because he was there for days before he attacked Nancy. And that on the day that he attacked Nancy, the doors in which he planned on escaping were suddenly, like, locked, like, chain locked. So he used his head to break the glass, despite the fact that he was holding a friggin' police stick in his hand. He used his noggin and broke
1: through the glass. And no one saw this man do that.
0: <laughs> no one saw him do it. They just saw the broken glass Pretty afterwards. Iconic. To which I'm just like, dude. <laughs> like, train wreck. But all the men receive sentences of 18 months for this crime. I don't know. I just feel like that was kind of lenient. I don't
1: know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird um, situation, I feel like. Because if you think about it, if it was any other type of, like, if this happened, I don't know how to describe it, in, like, any other type of competition, I'm trying to think of one that's not the Olympics, but, like, big enough, like, if this happened in the NFL, would it be that big? I don't know. If this happened at the state championships, would it be that big? No. You know what I mean? it wouldn't be so yeah. blown up but since it's the olympics it's like the so olympics and blown women up. and i don't know um yeah because if you think about it what all they did was bruise her they like i mean like yeah they hit her they with hit a, her a with stick. stick i mean i don't know it's kind of like like and it's conspiracy to commit second degree assault they didn't even get commit second yeah. degree assault like i don't know what the yeah, I, I don't guess know what true. the assault number is for bruising someone but you know what i mean <laughs> and like yeah, I, and, and, I don't know what's the
0: what's the degree of your assault based
1: on giving someone a bruise yeah so i, guess I feel it's like true. if it was like in regular everyday court they would have like gotten six months of that yeah you know i mean i don't know like yeah i feel like 18 months like it feels wrong. It really does. It feels like it should be, like, way worse. But at the same time, if you look at without the Olympic goggles on, it's like, what is this? What is yeah. the point of this? You hit her in the thigh. Yeah. Like, why? It just...
0: Yeah, you got 18 months because you hit somebody with a stick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, I do. I, I get but, it. Yeah, it's because it was, like, such a... Yeah, and I guess, like, an A-list scandal
1: at the time. I just personally feel like... The the biggest crime is the fact that they cheated in the Olympics.
0: Yeah, they cheated. Yeah,
1: technically. Yeah, or cheated to get to the Olympics.
0: So, as for Jeff, um, he is found guilty of racketeering and is sentenced to two years. He ends up being fined a hundred thousand dollars, but he actually ends up only serving eight months due to his good behavior. As for Tanya, and here is where the controversy really comes in. Tanya takes a plea deal in which she pleads guilty to conspiracy to hinder prosecution. She is fined $160,000, plus she has to set up a $50,000 Special Olympics fund. She gets three years probation on top of, she got kicked out of and banned from the U.S. Skating Association, in which they completely stripped her of her titles. Dang.
1: I'm not gonna say she didn't deserve it okay
0: I'm not saying that she didn't deserve some sort of punishment but I I personally feel like if we're gonna sit here and say that those guys only got 18 months for bruising a girl's leg because the hype of the Olympics you're gonna tell me that you're gonna ban this girl strip her of all of her titles just because she hindered prosecution on top of all the fines that she paid like I don't know I feel like she got a freakingly huge punishment more to make a like what is that when you make a example out of her
1: like that and I think this is like an OJ situation like okay she never officially knew but she knew afterwards like okay she freaking knew yeah you cannot have her skate with other people no one's gonna skate with her everyone's gonna freaking like um, what's it called protest the skating thing like yeah you can't tell me tanya harding you know is gonna go back to the olympics next year and anyone everyone's gonna be watching their freaking kneecaps like you know what I mean? <laughs> like no one's gonna want to skate with her no one's gonna want to share any time with her or like be around her yeah you know so it's i think it's one of those things where like they had to like okay they had to they had to but and it does feel, seem like, like a lot no i think it's perfectly fine because we all i think
0: which i did see on the 30 for 30 a close uh ice skating friend of nancy kerrigan says like tanya got exactly what she deserved i think that she should have been punished the way she was i don't feel sorry for her and was like okay bye
1: well yeah and it's one of those things like those men got 18 months for committing the crime but she's the reason the crime was committed uh, you know what i mean yes I that's touche touche and it's not like she was. I, I like again. I cannot picture Jeff and his friends saying, "Oh yeah, Tanya said she wished Nancy would fall over and break her legs so she doesn't have to compete with her. Let's do Tanya a good favor and do it." Like, yeah, I do really like
0: that. Like, you know I don't mean? know. That's what I'm. I'm no. saying I have a hard no. time believing that no. she no knew more than she said she did. I don't know. But anyways, we do have to like keep going because we're very much into this but 1994 seemed to be the worst year of tanya's life um after being banned from skating she actually went to go work at sears and as one commentator put it she pretty much becomes like a u.s pariah but it gets better by august of that year a sex tape is released and 44 images are laid out in penthouse from the wedding night of jeff and tanya to which tanya claims she had no prior knowledge of again but she still manages to make some like some sort of deal with her lawyers and made some money off of it
1: coincidence Mm, i don't know how she make money off it like as a victim like made the penthouse pay her as a victim for her pictures
0: yeah like she ended up making some sort of deal to getting compensated for using her stuff but Hmm. she says that she didn't she's not the one who turned it in she said that it was jeff but i just think it's really interesting because jeff's in jail so like oh jeff has their sex tape while he's in prison i don't think so like i don't know it's all interesting Hmm. as i said jeff served less than a year um he gets released and he actually changes his name to jeff stone to which i'm like okay buddy whatever you gotta do apparently he still lives in portland and i would easier to pronounce yeah i mean i guess that's one thing but like you went through most of your life with your other name like why change it now but whatever uh shane stant the guy who hit her serves only 14 months of his sentence he ended up moving to la became a born-again christian changes his ways says he was a bouncer at a bar for a long time and now he owns like his own delivery service or something in la and has a good life cool buddy Sean ends up dying at age 40, um, of natural causes. Most likely his weight, probably, because he was, he was a bigger fella. And Derek Smith, the guy who drove the getaway car, he actually ends up serving his full sentence and isn't really heard of after that. And I'm pretty sure he had priors, um,
1: Okay, it's so like out of all the people. Yeah, I think that's
0: why. I, yeah, cuz I I think I watched or I read or watched it somewhere what that said like Derek, they originally wanted Derek to be the one who did the attacking, but he was like, "Dude, I got priors, I can't. I don't want to get caught. If if we get caught, like I don't want to have to do whatever." So he drove yeah. the getaway car and still got caught. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Time really hasn't been great for Tanya, and I don't think she ever really recovered in any way after this incident um after the sex tape she was in a movie called breakaway um then in 1996 she reports an abduction and that kind of goes nowhere she makes tabloids again when she gives mouth to mouth to some old lady in a bar the following year um the next year her truck gets stolen (laughs) um she gets booed from an event and by 1998, she goes on national TV with Nancy for a super awkward interview mm. in which <laughs> she claims she gave an, a, an apology. But if you watch it, she really just is like beats around the bush the whole time. And is like, I'm really sorry for what happened to you and that I had nothing to do with it because I didn't do it because I didn't know. And I'm sorry that that happened, but it wasn't me. Like she never full on just is like, Nancy, I'm sorry. She has to just, like, give an excuse for, oh, well, I didn't have anything to do with it. Oh, well, it wasn't me. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. Which, speaking of Nancy, she didn't have it all that easy either because after the attack, she went from being this, like, American sweetheart ice princess and she kind of gets painted for in a really harsh light for acting like a diva and a total brat because I told you Nancy came in second, right? Which everybody felt like she was supposed to win because of what happened. And actually, they both got beat out by some 16-year-old girl (laughs) out of, like, nowhere. So that was a twist. And while they were waiting for the announcement of the winners or whatever, they caught Nancy on camera saying, like, why is she taking so long? She's just going to cry her stupid makeup off anyways. Like, what's the point? To which everybody like lost their mind and they're like, oh, Nancy's a snatch. But then it got worse because (laughs) later on she was caught on camera in Disney World as she was part of a parade with Mickey Mouse complaining of how corny and stupid was, stupid it was to Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Her direct words were, and I quote, this is so corny. This is so dumb. I hate it. This is the most corny thing I've ever done, end quote. So, people kind of lost interest in her pretty quickly. She lost all of her endorsements. Um, She claims that her words were taken out of context and that she was only commenting on how she didn't want to wear her medal, to which I got to say, like, if you were just an Olympian and you just won second place, like, wouldn't you be proud of it? Wouldn't you want to wear
1: your medal in a parade, especially in Disney World? I'm sorry, but that's the only reason you're there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) so who's the chick on the like thing just some random girl i can't tell oh it's nancy kerrigan she just doesn't have her medal yeah you're just a normal person i'm sorry
0: yeah and she ended up like she literally after that she lost all of her endorsements and she ended up just retiring so
1: yeah yeah good luck
0: by 1999 um tanya claimed that she was clear to skate again and the u.s skate association was like uh not with us So that was fun. And she did some, like, small little jobs and, like, appearances. Like, I guess she skated as Mrs. Claus in a local, you know, skate thing during Christmas time. How nice. That she would try to, like, make appearances, but nothing, like, ever went anywhere. I bet. Um, She ends up skating in the ESPN Professional Skate Championships, and she placed second, and in her head, she was like, this is my comeback, this is going to be my year, blah, 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 and then it went nowhere. Like, nobody cared. Okay, and then this next one is by far the best and the greatest, and I just think that this is hilarious. So, Tanya ends up in the news again in the year 2000. On February 3rd, Tanya gets arrested when apparently she's drunk driving and she beat up her then boyfriend with a hubcap <laughs> and she ends up getting arrested. Wait,
1: while driving?
0: Not while driving. but like, While driving? No, she was driving under the influence, ends up getting arrested or whatever, but then she also gets um, the, what is it, domestic violence or whatever, domestic abuse because she beat up her boyfriend with a hubcap. Huh. She was jailed for three days, she had 10 days of community service, and she was charged with domestic assault. And I quote, Harding repeatedly beat him with her fists, hooking him like Mike Tyson, and knead him in the groin, end quote. To which, I will make the comment that some people claimed as much as Tanya wanted to be a victim of assault all the time, she definitely knew how to dish it out. Like, she didn't just sit back and let it happen. Yeah. And, you know, whenever she would hear that that she would always clap back and say like after getting tossed around for so much she just was standing up for herself to which i don't know is it valid sure but i don't it's really hard to sit here and be like oh i'm a victim of domestic assault when you're the one constantly like beating people yeah, up and getting arrested drunk for
1: driving it. yeah Drunk driving there's no excuse for that honey
0: yeah so then in 2002 tanya decides that she's going to become a professional boxer that's right she ends up going Ah. for some celebrity boxing and it's entertainment at best but she tries to make it more than that and it just kind of ends up fizzling out um the next few years she still makes her appearances and she holds down odd jobs she ends up becoming a face on the tv show the world's dumbest
1: which i've seen her on that i've seen her on that too unfortunately
0: yeah specials are run on her and her story People make the Broadway show that never makes it to Broadway. And she's basically <laughs> just like a D list celebrity, like, not to be a dick or anything, but it's kind
1: of live. You gotta be, you gotta be admit, like, whoever her manager is, her public person. Yeah. Her publicist, that's the word. They're working hard. I mean, I guess. They were working hard for her. She did a lot of random junk.
0: Well, and it says, like, when the – um, because the people who made the Broadway musical or the musical about her, or whatever, that opening night, she was in the front row. Like, she was, the fir- like, the first one to be there and be, like, so excited that, like, this was
1: happening about her. And it wasn't, like, mocking her?
0: I don't know. I've never seen it, but – also, by far, my favorite, favorite, favorite is when future President Obama used her in one of his campaign speeches and said, and I quote, folks said there's no way Obama has a chance unless he goes and kneecaps the other person ahead of him and does a Tanya Harding, end quote, So which I'm like classy you even had you really he really that? did there's video footage of it it's like I watched it because I didn't believe it either I was like there's no freaking way he did it yeah in 2007 he won in 2008 in the 2007 Sir. campaign trail he's like Obama's gonna go put a Tanya Harding so like she's a verb guys she's a verb
1: I, I can't say I support Obama <laughs> using that that is
0: I just I don't know so by 2008 Rip um she actually has a book called the tanya tapes release which is basically just like a compilation of all these interviews that she did with someone asking her questions and i mean it's kind of interesting i read it um she seems like she sort of has something going on like every few years to kind of keep her relevant so like you said her publicist is obviously working for her and you know from all of this, there's controversy, including rebuttals from Jeff, her first husband, as well as her mom. And I did say think that it was interesting. They did interview Shane within like the last 10 years. And he he himself claims, because he's never met Tanya before in his life, he claims that she had no idea what was happening.
1: He never met her. And he had never met her. Yeah. Because
0: wow. he was actually from Arizona. So basically, it was like Jeff and Sean, you know... The bodyguard or whatever, Sean called his friend Derek, who was the guy that they wanted to do the hit. Derek was like, I got priors, let me get my nephew. So that's how like they're all intertwined. So I don't know. Weird. In June of 2012, she married her third husband, having gotten married sometime in the 90s for like three months. And the following year, she had a baby, to which I say, cheers, Tanya. I, too, was married in 2010, and I had a baby in 2011. So, we got a lot in common. Um, Of course, the ESPN 30 for 30 came out in 2014, and by 2017, the movie I, Tanya was made. Ironically, Nancy participated in Dancing with the Stars in the same year that the I, Tanya movie came out, to which I'm like, did you guys know? Did you know? Did you plan that out? And then Tanya competed as well in Dancing with the Stars the following season. So, I don't know. That's, oh, also, I think, what was it, 2018 or something? Whenever it was, she did compete in the Worst Cooks in America Celebrity Edition, and she won. Gosh. So, Yeah. I mean, it's 2022. I feel like we're due for something from her. We haven't really heard a whole lot from her since 2019. So we'll see what what this year has in store for us. But that, my friends, is the entire saga of Tanya Harding and the sports scandal of the 1994 Winter
1: Olympics. Yowza. I think I finally figured out what – bothers me about tanya harding and what is that it's the fact that i could never i would never never do these type of things if i was even if i didn't do it if i had nothing to do with it i was still like half of the world thought i did it that i committed the crime and i was part of injuring nancy kerrigan and getting her kicked bumped out of the olympics so i could get in faster w- score better you know win whatever yeah whatever it was i would not be out and about walking around town being crazy doing this stuff you know what i mean yeah it makes I would it hard not, to believe <laughs> it would not be out um you know just all over the place just in the public eye like making myself big better like I'm Tanya Harding. Y'all know me. That girl got her kneecaps busted because of me. But here I am. I'm a boxer now. Here I am. I have a book. Here I am. I'm a bad cook. Like Here I am. I
0: have a movie about me.
1: Yeah. Like, it's just like, I just can't. I wouldn't. I would never do that. There's just so much. If I did commit the crime, I would obviously be in hiding. I would be in, you know, change my name, move to Cuba. Yeah. But if I didn't commit the crime but i still was tied to it i would not be all out in the public and just pretending like nothing happened which is what i'm famous because i i landed the triple axle once yeah <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I, mean? no, I know and that's why it's, it's that's what i think bothers me the most about her
0: her life is nothing short of a train wreck and that's why it was Psychopath. like there's so much to put on here and it's not that i want to sit here and talk about her white trashy bring up but at the same time it's like huh you kind of don't make it easy on yourself like you're the jokes write themselves type of thing like you keep putting stuff out there you keep doing all of this stuff like Nancy yeah, Kerrigan like- did dancing with the stars did one interview and she's like yep that's what you get from me see you later like she keeps to herself not that she you know she was the victim of it but still like
1: well she was the victim and I think the only reason she did dancing with the stars is because freaking Tanya's all over the place she yeah. had to remind people to be like um, I'm the true victim here I'm the one that got my kneecap busted. Which somebody, Not Tanya.
0: Somebody asked. They were like, do you want Tanya to apologize? Do you want an apology from people? And she was like, for what? Like, my life goes on. Like, I don't need anything from those people. Like, that was a long time ago. Why are we still talking about it? To which I'm like, good for you. Good for you, ma'am. True. But I don't know.
1: I don't know. Well. But yeah. That. Thus well, okay, concludes. okay, well, what my opinion doesn't change. I still think she knew about it. I still think she. Um, I don't think she'd be at, like the FBI watch list. But I'm just saying, if some figure skater in the near future get their kneecaps busted, I she'd be on my suspect list. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't think she should be America's sweetheart. I don't think she should be on TV, Dancing with the Stars. All this crap. I think it's. I think that's honestly insane that well- we've just like all have accepted and let her move on. Not like move on but it's still like I just feel like she and like you've said in the thing it's just I feel like she never really took responsibility for anything and then like we just like accepted the fact that like she never took responsibility and we just let her do what she wants and Well be a and
0: somebody actually made the connection comment in one of the documentaries that I watched like she was a Kardashian before the Kardashians because She has this fame for not really doing anything. Like, doing something but not really doing anything. And America just keeps eating it up. Like, it's sad. Nobody's really interested anymore, but they keep paying attention to it because, like, well, what's Tanya going to do this time? Well, what's the next scandal that's going to happen? Like...
1: Well, yeah, and there's probably – most of most of the people that are probably watching Tanya is people like me that for some reason know everything she's done since then <laughs> because yeah. it just infuriates me that she keeps doing stuff. Yeah. And I think she should just be living her secret life. Like she should have changed her name and pretended like never happened. you know what I mean? Like a normal person would. Well,
0: she does go by Tanya Price now. That's her married name and so – you know, but I wonder, like, she's she has a 10-year-old because we have kids who were born in the same year, so it's like, is she at the PTA meetings? Like, she, what does she do? I, I wonder what type of mother she is, which I also think it's kind of interesting because she's two years younger than mom, but we have kids the same age. Can you imagine mom having a 10-year-old right now?
1: Weird. Yeah, that would be awful. <laughs> yeah. But- yeah, I don't know. It's, it was an interesting case. Um, I, it was. My opinions did not change. <laughs> yeah. And you said your opinion, you kind of I mean,
0: I, I feel bad for her if she is a victim in the way that she said she was. Like, if the things that she claims happened really happened, like, that's sad. And I do feel sorry for her. And I do see how that could cause, you know, psychological problems and mental health issues and all of those kind of things. However if you react and respond the way that she has, sometimes it's kind of hard to like feel sorry for her.
1: It's like, but you keep putting yourself in those situations. So it's like, I don't know. I I, I don't know. It's just, I have my own personal viewpoint and I don't know. Maybe she is doing the best. She's making some coin at least. Well, yeah, she's gotta be. I just, I just don't know if my personal, what's it called? You know, in your, your personal, like, standards, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. That wouldn't be me. Can- oh, I would never want to act the way that she acts. That's what I <laughs> yeah. mean. Like, in Her some likes- of the interviews, it's like, lady, it's you called.
0: you do this to yourself. Like, I don't know. it. And like I said it, too, like, it, it to me seems like a lack of maturity in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting.
1: So, yeah, there you have it. If Tanya tripped and fell... I wouldn't help her up. I'd let her, she'd fix herself. She can pick up, pick up herself.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We have lots of good cases coming up in the future. Um, As always, if you have any suggestions for cases, we have a website that you can go to and you can give us suggestions for things. And yeah, thank you so much for spending all of this time with us now. And you know, if you have an opinion, maybe we should make like a a bulletin board or like a message board on our website where you can like write down comments of what you think of things. We should do that. Cause you, I wanna you do that. I wanna know like what people think though. Like I truly wanna know what they think. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Do you have your own opinion about things? Like I wanna know those things. So
1: we're going Tanya Harding, please please comment. Oh, tanya please comment oh my gosh i
0: would feel so cool if tanya harding listens to this
1: no i don't want her to listen yeah because she's not gonna like you (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna be watching her back all the time just in case she trips and falls and she'll look around and realize there i am not (laughs) (laughs) rude.
0: all right well thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time bye bye